Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, if you're new to this, this is My Good Bad Brain. It's a podcast about mental health and being a person through my, you know, eyeballs and brain. I'm Jared Sleeper. Um, if you like this podcast, please consider supporting it at patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. Those, that ugh, generosity, that support is why this thing can happen. So uh, if you get something out of it, consider throwing a buck that way. Also, uh, leave us reviews if you feel like it. Uh, those are just as helpful, just about, you know what I mean? Like get people to... Maybe click it and listen more. <laughs> All right. Here comes the podcast uh, theme song. Bye-bye. Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person. Hello, all of my friends with all your good, bad brains. Been a bit of a week, huh? I mean, I suppose everybody might react differently to the news and whatnot. But for me, it's been a week. Um, you know, I say a lot of the time, I guess, that I don't, I don't know that one can distinguish between mental health and society, news, philosophy, culture, art, because, and this is why I have that clumsy phrase, mental health and being a person for this pod, because that is, that is what we talk about when we talk about mental health, is the experience of being a person and trying to make that one that feels good, that goes well. And there's no way that your world doesn't impact that. I mean, that's literally what we're talking about. I think a lot of time we try to separate the two and say your perception of the world is the only thing we're talking about when we talk about mental health. But there also is this big part of mental health, I think maybe the bigger part, that is the realities of not your just not just your perception, but the realities of dealing well with how the real activities and happenings in the world affect you. Obviously, in personal ways, as we work out traumas and try to figure out how those manifest in our lives, but also just, you know, the state of things, right? And how we get through all of that. Um, and so I feel like we're talking about many different things here. And often, I think we focused on how to, we focus on 
I focus on, how to change my perception of things. But I think we also have to take seriously into consideration like the things, which is why the conversations tend to have a lot to do with that stuff, art, culture, politics, etc. So this week there, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I'm going to say, uh, I, I, I was very hard for me this, this week was a weird week. I talked a little bit about, uh, on last week's brain breather about having a depressive episode Monday that was pretty profound and kept unfolding for me. I kept thinking about it. It was such a unique experience, uh, in the way it manifested for me. And there were some celebrity suicides over the last week and, uh, they were rough, you know, there, they were reminders. I mean, Kate Spade, um, is, uh, you know, another, I, I didn't have a personally, a particular personal connection to her presence in the world, but it was a good reminder, you know, that externalities, externally things seeming fine, being successful, wealthy, a positive, uh, presence in people's lives around you, you know, can never really truly be taken as uh, an answer as we pursue dreams and wellness in the world, that there is an inner question to face all the time with our wellness and what's going on. But then uh, Bourdain uh, did it, and that hit me really, really fucking hard. And I was surprised at how hard it hit me. I still am struck. I still think it's an odd experience just from what we're taught about what's normal, quote unquote, in society to feel so heavily emotional about the passing of someone you've never met personally. But if a stranger were to tell you that, oh, someone who wrote a book that really meant a lot to them at a certain time in their life that shaped a lot of things that happened in their life, that they felt a kindred spirit to with uh, the way they interacted with food and the simple pleasures of community and feasting and connecting with human beings and those beauties in a world that they evidently saw all the darkness in, that they, that they felt cynical about, but still made it an effort constantly to seek out the beauty and the light and focus on that his jujitsu connection I mean I don't know it, it was just he f- felt like someone very personal to me and it felt really scary it, I, I mean it, it feels like I like to think sometimes that the suicidal part of my life is uh something that I am done with that I that I survived already that I'm through that and I keep telling myself that I think it's healthy to know that, to, to say I'm done with the idea that I'll ever hurt myself. But I think it's scary to see these things happen. And it can be kind of triggering, uh, you know, to use that loaded term that people like make jokes about, trigger warning and stuff like that. But it can be kind of triggering to go, ah, fuck, man. He pulled the shoot, you know, he got out of this world and I've had those thoughts and I thought I was done having them and and there they fucking are, uh, you know, happening to this guy who's 61 and such a good life and was such a good life, presence in life around him. And you start to go, oh, fuck, well, what hope is there for me? Like, what do I know? What's my brain going to whisper to me again one middle of the night somewhere so strong and I'll be like, that'll just be my reality and I won't know the difference. And I'll do that you know, very trite thing people say, you know, make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And uh, I was thinking about this in the context of battling depression generally and how to get out of it. Um, how, you know, people say, reach out, ask for help, exercise, do this or that, blah, blah. You just got to do these things. I say this, right? 
But how the fuck do you do that when you're actually in the depression? Because it's so fucking crippling. It's so paralyzing. And um, I've been thinking about that a lot. Uh, And I think the only answer I have is straight up, flat out, like conditioning, like psychological conditioning, where you just start to put irrational responses into your body. You practice them that say when you get that whisper that like you should kill yourself whisper that your brain just goes like, nope, that's a fucking lie. You know, that your whole body goes, nope, that's a lie. That's a lie. You, you tell yourself that's a lie. Just so you know, so you don't even fucking think about it. When that shit comes up, that's a lie. I figured that out. I know what you try to do to me, brain. I fucking know. I know the games you play. You're mine. <laughs> I've been with you a long time. And um, so I've been doing a lot of thinking about that and reinforcing that for myself. Just reinforcing that uh, conditioning, blind conditioning. I've decided in my clear moments and in the moments of listening to the people who love me and that genuinely care about me, that's a fucking lie. And when it comes to me, I'm not going to fucking do it. And I'm going to phone a friend and I'm going to do all the things I know how to do to get out of it. So then I started thinking more and I had some questions from people because I've been posting about some workouts I started doing. And, uh, you know, I've been contextualizing them in a, in a way that I, you know, my Instagram or whatever, and in the way that I use them to fight depression, just smash depression out of me sometimes. They seem to help me to do these uh, physical exercises consistently and just show up for them. And, you know, one person asked me, how do I, uh, you know, when you're in the depression, the paralyzation, they know it's important to go to the gym. They know everybody says that exercise helps and it undeniably seems to help the organism to do those things. How the fuck do you actually do it because when you're when you're stuck there it doesn't seem you know they'll go for a couple days and then the depression will come back and then you won't be able to beat it you won't be able to get out of the house get out of the bed so I thought really hard about that I thought like you know I don't always fucking beat it I don't um sometimes I do and I was trying to think about what helps me beat it and this I guess will be the practical advice for this week I think uh, one thing that definitely fucking helps, and it's along the lines of the conditioning idea, is just taking any kind of creative, imaginative thought out of it. When I am in a depressive, real deep, bad spiral, I lose all sense of imagination or creativity. I can't see answers. And I think that's very linked to this suicidal ideation thing, just in my experience of it. You just can't see alternatives. You can't come up with answers. A normal, rational space that you were in, or if you were, you know, you come up with a million fucking answers. Coffee, sandwiches, lavender, soaps. Why I started making this thoughtless list I could always return to. Because I just can't come up with them when I'm in the space, when I'm in the bad space. But having a litany ready to go, having a list helps. And with that comes uh, this idea of a schedule, a journal. Um, having written down activities to go do, like the gym one for me, I think is really helpful. Having workouts written out, even weeks in advance. You know, you can download programs online. You can Google around and find some. Um, I have a trainer friend, my friend Lizzie. She's on Instagram at Fresa Fuerte. She made me a, a program and an eating program too to help with. I've never tracked that before and I'm trying that out. And it's weirdly so fucking helpful in a way I never thought would be like just to have written down oh here's what I'm doing today which workout I've got five days a week written down of things to do I'm on day one I go do the day one stuff and it says exercises and how many reps and sets and all that stuff and it's ready to go and without having to think about it uh, it saves me you know I, I I went through a bunch of phases when I get like slacky on my exercise and can't come up with stuff and my sadness is sort of winning over my self-care habits and I I can I can't, part of that is like the inability, the frozen feeling of 
trying to come up with an answer. Like, well, what should I even do? I got to the gym, but what do I do? I don't know. I'm going to go wander over here and then go here. I just don't want to do anything. You know, by having it written down, ready to go, you just start checking the boxes off. I put little notes in there to myself to describe, you know, my feelings about the exercises. They usually consist of just like, oh, fuck, or like, fuck me up, or like, this hurt way more than I thought it would, and things like that. But, um, you know, just keeping the notes. I never go back and read the journals. I've found when I was moving or packing things, I found some old exercise journals and I was like, I never look at them. But the act of doing them is very helpful. And in that same token, you know, there becomes this idea of little brainless goals, I think is related to this thought. And I just wanted to include in this sort of practical things to get you out of a fucking really bad place. If I'm laying in bed and I can't do anything, right? The depression's winning today. You know, I can't fucking do anything. I will literally start having conversations with myself. I know I said a couple weeks ago about one, two, three, five, one, two, three, four, five feet on the floor, you know, and sometimes that doesn't fucking work, right? I go, I just talking to myself. I'm like, okay, do you think you can get out of bed? Nope. Can't, no. Okay, um, do you think you could put one foot on the floor? Do you think you could just like undo the covers with a foot and put a foot, see what a foot feels like on the floor? And like a dumb child, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, put the foot on the floor. Good, good job. Think you can do two? I guess. That's great, good job, two on the floor. Can you, okay, let's try, what about a sit up? What about, what about sitting up right in bed? Yeah. How about going to the kitchen? How about cooking something? We can try that. You know, how about leaving the house? Can't today. Just can't. Don't fucking have it in me. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Good job. You got up out of bed. Good job. You got one foot on the floor. Good fucking job. You know what that proves? That proves you can beat your brain. You can make choices around it. You know, that helps me immensely. Just tiny little goals. And that might not be, you might not have it in you today, do the whole thing, but it's like, uh, I think of it like trying to break out of a cell and all you got is a toothbrush and you just got to scrape away at that brick, you know? And it might not look like anything, but over time, anything erodes, anything. Just, it takes the effort, it takes the discovery of not even the will to fight, just the thought and the invitation and the tiny victory. How about one toe on the floor, you know? And they're building off that. Um, so I don't know, thinking about that, thinking about suicide this week and thinking about the secret pains that people hold. Um, I, I don't know. It continues to be so amazing to me how healing it is and validating and helpful to just hear your experiences, uh, come out of other people's mouths. Um, just to say your experiences to listening ears, this thing of just talking, just being with other people. It's like, the strangest thing to learn over and over, the most obvious thing to learn over and over, but continues to be so surprisingly true that we are capable of withstanding anything as long as we're not alone, as long as we have other people to do it with. And, um, you know, in that interest of dialogue, I, I, uh, I, I had a big barbecue on Sunday. Part of the reason this is going up late, but I had to do it to, you know, a little bigger than normal, start the season, invite some people who aren't usually invited. My dad's been in town. He's never in LA. His birthday was that day. And it was just wonderful to just have everyone around and um, be close to each other and be eating together and not talking about anything heavy, just just talking. And uh, this episode, I uh, my guest is Elliot Morgan. Um, and uh, I love Elliot, man. Elliot is a, a good friend 
Elliot's a very funny friend uh, in the sense, well, in the sense that he's actually funny. He's a comedian and he's a funny guy, but um, funny in how he became my friend. And it's the most like kindergarten sort of experience of, uh, I literally like just, he, we had mutual friends and I kind of literally texted him one day and was like, hey man, we don't know each other that well, but I think you're really cool. And um I I I think we should just hang out sometime. We always seem to have cool conversations. So we hang out, and it's very funny as an adult to try to just make friends. Um, but that's what happened, and that and it it works. Elliot and I are pals, and uh, he's a great guy. Um, I love talking to Elliot in particular because we're from pretty different backgrounds. He grew up in the South, uh, in Florida, I believe, and. Um, Elliot came from a Christian background, and I'm really interested in that uh, because as, you know, obviously, if anyone's listening to this, I'm pretty liberal. I'm very fucking liberal. And, um, you know, I don't always align correctly, quote unquote, with my political lines. And I was thinking about how hard it is, like how we're all so trying to stay on our political team because we're so worried of being canceled or thrown out by our, our communities or something like that. But on that same token, in this interest of transparency around mental health, I think we really have to create space for us to be wrong, to say the things that are problematic about us, to say the things that don't align with how we're quote unquote supposed to think because anything other than that makes us crazy. And, and if we don't do it, we'll never really be able to learn and understand why people feel differently than us or, you know, why we should align with certain, along certain lines. And Elliot, to me, is a great example of, like, the true hope that people from different backgrounds and different perspectives who are just good people who are interested in the basic humanity of, like, people being good to each other, people being free and having good lives, um, like, that that is the thing that really unites us all. And we might have different ideas about how to, to get there. Uh, and, uh, but like before, prior to the phase of human societal interaction that leads to like terrible, uh, political, not even listening to each other, screaming at each other about politics, uh, whatever ideas with no attachment to a human behind it or affected by the policy. There are just people who want to be people and want other people to be happy as well. And Elliot's like that. And so I have a lot of fun with him when we get to get into topics that uh, about different political things. On this episode, without even meaning to, we got into talking a little bit about abortion, about guns, uh, fucking the... the uh, very problematic. I am a huge, not a fan. Like Jordan Peterson gets mentioned. Um, Elliot also has a podcast about uh, called The Fundamentalist, or the philosopher friend of his, uh, Peter Rollins, I believe is his name. I'm 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 so sorry if I got that wrong, but I listen to that podcast and he's wonderful. And uh, so he's just a thoughtful guy. And and I'll say this: this is an earlier episode I recorded. Oh God, this one has so many fucking disclaimers, but I'll get them out. Because an early one I recorded, these newer ones, I just started a few more last week on a new session, almost like a new season. I think I'm focusing it up a little more to be quote-unquote mental health focused. And this one, I do get to it, F. Elliot. We talk about the same questions we ask everybody every time. 
But uh, I don't know. I always had this kind of like sip whiskey with Elliot thing, but I haven't been sipping whiskey. So I smoked weed some before this, which I don't do before recording these episodes typically. And there were definitely times where we just love talking to each other and we just go off. And I don't know if there's a thread to follow. I don't know if there's anything useful that comes out of it. I don't know if... I even believe everything that I say. I, I don't know, but I do know that this is one of my favorite things in the world to do is to sit and talk with somebody else that I like, that I respect, that I care about. And just doing that, just the act of talking is so life affirming and so wonderful. Just friends, just being with friends. And, uh, you'll hear us talk about it on here. We weren't even sure if we we're going to use this episode, but I decided Fuck all that. People will love this one or hate this one. I mean, the last half hour of this three-hour extravaganza is the one where we, I guess, more specifically talk about mental healthy stuff with the six quick cues. And feel free to skip to that or skip this whole episode. But I've, I don't know. I think um, I'm going to let this one just be what it is. It's two friends talking and having fun talking about wacky ideas. And I know maybe I'm describing all of these podcasts already, but... It is what it is. It's my good, bad brain. And um, what you're going to hear now is probably one of the biggest things on my list of coffee, lavender, and, and, and sandwiches, lavender soap, whatever, <laughs> is uh, talking with friends, just being people and trying to work out the meaning and the happening and uh, the nonsense of being a person. So... I give you the wonderful Elliot Morgan and uh, myself noodling for a long time. I hope you dig it. Bye. Um, but I do like when people do weird word bending stuff like that because I really like stupid synchronicities and stupid coincidences and, and being, you know, my favorite one to do lately, my favorite hack one and probably never, never will stop being is that, um, is the content one. What, like, how come there's, (laughs) how come we're never content (laughs) when there's so much content? Oh man, that's really good. And you know why? And, and angering and, on a and visceral level. And full of level. so many criminals because it's a con tent. Yeah, content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. these criminals out in the wilderness. Content stuff like that. I hate that. I, I, mean, I hate that. I love. I hate that. I love it. Maybe, but I love. I love that. I love being weird with words. I used to. I did this one. I like. Uh, it's it's snowing. Like like just reading that as it's nowing. Um. <laughs> oh god it's always now oh god um i uh I, I did a podcast on the i do a podcast called the fundamentalists and there's an episode coming out soon yeah on my schedule where i talk with the author of a book that i've told you about called capitalism and desire and we've talked about ad yeah. nauseum but we talked about jokes because his newest book is on jokes and he was talking about puns and he said the whole the whole core and freud talks about this apparently the whole core of 
comedy in his mind is an interplay between lack and excess in some way. Any joke, anything that makes you laugh in any way is about either you expect lack and you get excess or vice versa, like or that. the two are the same and you don't realize it. And so a pun on That's some cool. level I is like, like a two for one. So there's an economic exchange where you're expecting one and then you get another and then, or a two for the price of one. And then the, the exchange rate is startling and it's unequal and it makes you laugh and it causes you to, Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I really like that. It's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. You know what a fundamentalist is? Lay it on me. Nothing but a fun, dumb mentalist. Is that on purpose? Is is that why you did that? Uh, we did it because of the fun and the mentalist, but not the dumb part. Cause that is cool. I like that. I'm just thinking that kind of seems true. Because the fundament, they're tricky, they're like cult leaders. There's a there's a movement. Um, you know, there's a lot of movements happening these days. Oh, tell me about the movements, Jarrett. Let me tell you a little something about movements. There's a whole world out there, whole political mm-hmm. system that's incredibly um, um, volatile currently. Yeah. So in response to that, society has acted in a certain way that is manifesting those anxieties in different ways. Okay. So there's all these sort of things, even though really probably what's happening, if you get down to the root of it, is based if on a larger problem, which we both have talked about ad mm-hmm. nauseum, which yeah. is the problem of That's funny. Of I'm capitalism. about to join a movement, a bowel movement. Are you going to poop in the middle of your podcast? No, but it was just a reference to like, that upsets my stomach. Yeah. That would be a weird podcast someone could, maybe should do. People just talking the phone while pooping or something like that. That'd be nice. There is a interesting. Whole, uh, but there's a be whole... Rele- the release. There's one particular movement, Jared. Great. And it's a, it's a movement that's post-Christian, and it's really nice. But sometimes they take themselves a little seriously. Oh, people who were... Yes. Part of the Christian faith. And they then, were part yeah. of the Christian faith. They leave the Christian faith. And then they're sort of like, guys, like, I'm not that anymore. Yeah. And they become very, like, community college professor. And so <laughs> kind of how I am all the time. But the the whole idea of the fundamentalists was to kind of poke fun at that, too. Because to call yourself the fundamentalists when everybody else in that movement is trying oh. to be like, oh, we're so different is fun. Because it's like, no, we'll, we'll align ourselves with the... Wait, wait, wait. They call themselves fundamentalists or post-Christian? They call Post-Christian them? or something like that. It, it, emerging Christianity is another term for it. Um, but are they fundamentalists or is it an ironic term? What does that mean? They're not fundamentalist in their belief. I, I struggle with that group because that was a group that I was a part of during my divorce. And I found oh. act, I found behaviorally them to be very fundamentalist. But it's a process and everybody's in different stages. You know what I mean, though? Like, like they're not called fundamentalists. No. Oh, God. No. Oh, yeah. God. Okay. That's what I was, I was misunderstanding. I thought you were interpreting them as fundamentalists. No, what, but fundamentalists to them would be viewed as a very bad thing. And so we were like, oh, let's just call ourselves fundamentalists. I see that. It'd yeah. be like calling ourselves some oh, kind, any kind see, of religious extremist. Yeah, reform thing. Yeah, I yeah. got you. Absolutely. Instead of making Sorry. it such a big deal. That was, yeah. I don't know why my brain is receiving the universe differently right now. Um, what do you think is going on? Is no, it the nothing, shadow person? Nothing. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, there's a shadow person right now, right behind you. I'm sorry I got distracted for a I second. I will say I, I had a really, uh, the shadow person made me think of this thing. Part of the my good, bad brain thing is just, we let our, it's it's a, 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 a little bit of an echo chamber of my own shape of my brain. And we kind of just, you know, we bop around, we pinball in there. Yeah, absolutely. I got this, I did, the, there's a rock climbing gym, this bouldering gym. And I, I did, there's this one route that they put up, which is really fun. It's kind of almost like parkour Like you have to kind of like hop to this one little That's fun. rock. It's really fun. It's really like, and so I kind of Spider-Man it. I've gotten good at it where you go, soup, soup, and you, you know, climb up the thing. 
and I was wearing all black the this one day. I put it on my Instagram story. Uh-huh. Uh, I had like black spandex, black tank top, and stuff like that. And the I got the best and creepiest and coolest response I ever could. This one person uh, said, uh, uh, "It got slid in the forbidden DMs. You know the ones that you can't that you oh, don't yeah. follow." And was to like, "This is what you see when you have sleep paralysis." And they were like suggesting I was like a shadow person. <laughs> when you were describing, I yeah. was like, "Yeah, that's exactly what it, it yeah. sounds like." And yeah. I uh, and I and I said, "Wow!" I was like, "You've you've like defined my new body goals, which is to be a trans-dimensional shadow being." <laughs> that's very funny. Uh, that's a charming answer. But that was, I thought it was cool. I was like, "Damn, I love I love the idea that I could." Yeah. I love that you could do yeah. you move like a demonic like presence. demonic presence that I mean, terrorizes we, me. we do so love to be uh, uh complimented as something dangerous and frightening yeah yeah which i guess i was gonna say like why do you think that is but i think oh. it's like very obvious and yeah it's almost like no reason to go through it do you like what do you like what's good that you like to be complimented or what excuse me what's bad that you like to be complimented as just anything like that i used to love people like um you know i like i like when like uh someone say like Someone like like oh, like you're a wolf. Someone said like you're such a wolf, or like you know, anytime they're like, oh, you're trouble. Someone did call me the devil. Someone, you the know, the devil's was like, a good one. It's sexily, you know, like uh, you know. Oh well, then yeah. You know what I'm saying? We what? Um, that's a good story. I won't go into right now. Oh, one please. of the great love stories in my life. Do you want to go into it? Why not? I, it's uh, we're actually still dating now, but we've been on and off dating for a long time. Me and this one individual who I love very much. You know, you're on record right now. Yeah, I do. Okay. Which is why I'm like I don't know, you know this is because this is for me. You know yeah. this is personal. But you can I, be you can be vague. Yeah, you can be obtuse. Story. It's good. It's a good. Romantic. I want to hear it. I'm very curious. How but we, we can I talk about tell you the story of how I met this girl. If you did, I can't tell you. I remember the butcher shop and stuff like that. Uh, yep, yep. That girl. Something like that. that sure. Girl. I'm saying yes. Just to maybe the, give you a bridge out of this. Yeah, if you want yeah. Out. That's why I'm. I'm gonna. <laughs> It gets whatever. I'll say it's it's witchy and perfect and wonderful. And at one point, after we uh, kissed for the first time, and then she wanted you to, and then she wanted me to. Well, not that, but but that, and that she pulled me into an alcove and made out me some some more. And I got to this point where like, well, I you know I would pull back. There's a little breath, and I you know I said, were you uh, all covered in cow juice and shit? Uh, n- not at this point. Probably like you know, there's a little bit of that unctuous sort of like sure. you know, covered in blood. It's I honestly. Unctuous way to use that word, Thanks. man. Told you vocabulary bullshit. Here we are. As, perfect it's SAT this episode verbal. of your podcast. Perfect SAT verbal. Didn't go to college. Didn't wasn't for me. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. But damn, do I love to hang on to that metric? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Such a defining one. But I'm standing there when you're a butcher, actually, and you are cutting things that you're covered in blood all day. There's nothing like the love of dogs. You know what I mean? Like dogs love you everywhere you go. And I do think people found it sexy. You're like this thing, this bearer, uh, this thing that's not afraid to be near death. Yeah. And to oh, absolutely. cut it up into something palatable. Yeah. And nourishing. But I'm sitting there. We're making out. It's very good. Sometimes you and another person are just perfectly compatible kissers. You know what I mean? Not like there's a good way to kiss or a bad way to kiss, but you have compatible or incompatible ones. Sure. It was perfect. We're singing. We're dancing. It's wonderful. You know what I mean? You're singing. You're dancing. You know what I mean? Butching, the, you know, the, the kissing, thing. the making out kind of a thing that like, yeah. we're just like, oh, we're just perfect. We're, yeah, that's we're great. Fred Astaire, Ginger Adams, it's great. Pull away from the kids and I go, uh, what do you think? So what do you think? And she goes, I think you're the devil. That's what I mean by being something scary or dangerous. Well, yeah. I think you're the 
I mean, that's a beautiful story. I mean, come on, man. But that's that not shit, what I'm talking that about. That is what I'm talking about. You don't like being, being, uh, fear. there's a, there's a really the devil saying the devil is like, that's a, has sexual connotations. And that's like that's a right. very, that was across the board. Nice. I, but, I'm well, talking about like, if somebody's like, you're a sociopath, like, cause they're yeah, drunk but that's, and they're that's, angry. That's true. No, we're talking about different things. We're oh, talking, okay. I'm talking about ro- thought, romantic then, okay, ideations of things that are violent or predatory, yes. blood hungry. You know, if somebody calls you like vamp, a vamp kind of like a vampire and it kind of feels sexy or whatever. Yep. Not, 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 not. In the, in the context of your uh, sociopath creeper. and a vampire, uh, yeah. uh, Nosferatu, uh, much, it, very much like a, a goblin. Yeah, um, <laughs> not unlike a goblin. I think I think it's usually like animal kind of things, or like you know, when someone's like you're kind of dangerous. Or also, uh, this is the most innocuous um, lion. I get that a lot. <laughs> Do you? No, of course not. That was the, that was maybe the meanest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, the way but I you said, just yes and what you? I was the premise. Do yeah. you? That's so Do funny. That? Do you? Do you? <laughs> oh, do you? I honestly, though, in a moment, I was like, I could see it. Wow. Well, yeah, I think you. I think you. I could see it. You know. Yeah. It's all different. Rex, right? We're all little prisms, you, shimmering different things, depending on where you to turn our little prisms. <laughs> this is the, I think, the most common one that suggests you are dangerous because you're, uh, uh, you're an unknown. I think being unknown is is aligned with danger and how our brains mm-hmm. are interpreted when somebody says who are you yeah you get that there's also that like there's like a soulmate connotation there where it's yeah. like who are you where have you been the idea that, that you've surprised nice. somebody this the, the idea that you weren't even on the radar and then suddenly they see you i think that's the implication it you, you implies had, you're part of their narrative and you're like oh i'm important to this person yeah i remember the first uh hard love that hit me when I was in high school that I like hard love you know what I mean the hard one lasted a long time hard love I had this relationship for eight years as a high school sweetheart we were together for a long time when I was a kid hard love uh she uh I remember we were friends for a long time before I like developed these feelings and then they were hard feelings and there is this I there's this feeling that I associate with a kind of a love that is all of a sudden someone's there that you never saw before you know that feeling of like yeah that's nice they're just a person around and then you go whoa something one day they do something they the way they shake their hair maybe or whatever or laugh at something and you notice some different and it's does that do uh, does that 120 like, frames a second you know underwater thing where you're like you are somebody else yeah. now i remember that i had that with in high school or i think maybe middle school where somebody i remember the next day being like oh my god i think it was a dream and then i remember being yeah. like oh this is everything do you feel like you live a very solitary life no, because I was thinking about being in high school and like the the obviously there's something to like the amount of like the speed at which your hormones are moving and like all that shit. Sure, and there's all that stuff, but it also just seems you're inundated with your peers constantly in a way that I'm not because I don't have a day job or an office space that I go to. Oh, in high school, in that environment. yeah, you're surrounded by the opposite sex. You're surrounded by different experiences. You're yeah. you're much more in the public. Yeah, and uh, and you're. I always not thought that, I always thought you yeah. know what it's like. It's like the the court of a of a of a king. It's like uh-huh. a royal court. It's literally just this weird place you go to every day to hang out around each other. And of course, there's gonna yeah. be like intrigue and politics because that's that's you just go yeah. to the same spot and hang out yep what else are you gonna do anyway it's please. crazy I, I the idea of school is kind of insane to think it's back insane. on now what yeah. were you saying about the hormones and you're and you're surrounded just by people that, just that you're you're and you're describing something as being in high school and it's like that feeling i think of oh that feeling of going oh that person is something new to me requires that you've seen them before and i don't feel yeah. like i live that that life yeah very much There's, but i, I do think our that. brain our brain can do that quickly uh, it, like meaning it can even that you can even manifest the same feeling because you make assumptions and uh, immediately about somebody 
in like an evening of seeing them. Somebody comes up to you and starts talking to you or you meet them because they're in a group of friends with your yeah. group of friends and you're just casually talking and they don't seem like, oh, maybe they're not your type or whatever it is about their energy. Maybe their energy is too healthy for you so you don't tune into it very quickly. That's mine usually is if I like somebody immediately, it's an expression of like some lack in me that I or, or a raw nerve that I know that person will press. You know, I think like the way predators and victims find each other I think codependent people whatever wait hold on so Sorry, you, I say I did a lot of things really fast there. No, it's fine. So you basically, but I'm interested in that last thing you said just for a second. If you can put a pin of in course. the other, the thing where you look at somebody and you like them, you think automatically that's something bad in you or something lacking in you. I think in the past I've had, yeah, I think it depends. Now I don't think so necessarily as much, but I know when I was younger for sure there would be the big shiny thing that was like you know yeah that you you go like. Whoever this person is, shiny and new, and I love them, and they're the like fucking fanciest Corvette I've ever seen. That's the one I want with the nice polishy paint, the little like stardust about it. Now I think that was like, oh, you are fuel for that hate fire in me. You know, you are a source of that. You will somehow or another your brokenness. Uh, either fits with mine perfectly or mimics mine perfectly or okay. whatever. Do you feel like there is a scenario in which, like, do you still feel like your little romantic comedy is coming? Like, do you think in terms of, cause no. like, yeah, you don't think so? No. And not because I don't, in the idea of like an episodic little adventure somewhere in my life, I feel, I know I've had my romantic comedies and I'm sure if I want them uh, or choose the path that goes that way or something like that, they're available to me. I will say romantic notions as, as a, a, like that, like the narrative romantic that I wish to be part of and, and act and sort of, there's this idea I heard once that narratives have lives of their own, that like they live in the ether and uh, we give them life, whether through writing them down in books or in plays or songs or just by being well, the characters, being yeah. the characters in them. It's lovely, but it's also scary a little bit because whether it's just a metaphor or not, realizing that we create these things. If I wanted to be kind of a, a bad boy romance kind of experience, that thing, a toxic Sid and Nancy kind of a thing, which I think I have in the past, like that red is real love to me. I think I created those situations. I like participate in that narrative. Or I've said in here before, uh, especially if you're uh, a little bit uh, codependent or just empathetic or whatever and lost and flailing and looking for something to complete you, I think it's easy to complete other people's stories that if you wanted to like pick up somebody or like have a, a romantic entanglement with somebody, it always seems so easy to me because you would just sort of detect the narrative they wanted to be part of and sense the kind of person they were interested in and then shapeshift into that because pour some whiskey because when you're good in because when you're good in a little bit broken uh, or like a little bit grew up in chaos Just and having to like be really sensitive all the time to make sure everything's okay and you know that kind of like it's a thing gentleman jack yeah when a child uh takes on like you know the care for their parents that they or something like that all that all that nonsense you know in that you mm -hmm. also learn how, I think, to dump the identity out of your vessel and just be like, I'm doing good things. I will get yeah. love and I will give love if I just shapeshift into whatever people want. But there's a cynical side to it too, which is like you can become kind of predatory and kind of and very dishonest by 
feeding somebody the character that they want and then realizing you're living Very a lie. Very dishonest is a great way to you put know? it, yeah. yeah. Do you feel that there's an alternative that's not good where you end up... So you don't feel like your so romantic comedy kind of sitcom, is... Yeah, I yeah. don't... I feel like I've had it and I think there are more of those little wonderful make and mems kind of things to come. Okay, but you don't feel that there's a grandiose sort of thing. Mm, I see what you're saying. I feel okay. detached from the idea... I mean, cap capitalism, uh, the, the thing you are talking about earlier, we talk about a lot. I, I, it becomes very clear to me. Um, I saw this, this theater thing and they made a joke about um one of the songs that they just uh kind of fizzle out there's no big bang on the end of it and they kind of like um it was truly a little bit awkward i almost felt like they made it up in the moment and they said i know how to finish a song i just uh sometimes you know i don't want to feed into the whole capitalist thing of a climax you know that we just kind of like and eh, it goes on the next thing and there's this thing i heard related to that i think which That's is funny. which is yeah that uh Story narrative structure follows a male climactic arc, like your male sexual climax, which is a lot of like build up and then this and then this and then this and at the end you go, oh, it's over and then and yeah. then we're done. And that um, by believing in that narrative and buying into that narrative and buying into like that idea, of capitalism gives us that there's places to go, there's things to defeat to be complete, that there's a journey and there's an up and then it's over, and that those ah oh, the best parts of life only happen in little peaks that are isolated and that that's the that's the thing we need to buy into the feeling is that oh yes, i'm gonna be part of my sitcom i understand what I'm you're gonna, saying you know, and i agree and, and instead i, I feel more I, like i think i get what you're saying yeah every day i feel a little more detached from that narrative so, okay. and that struggle i know here's what i'm gonna say because i know we, we we you know we go back and forth we have these fun chats and whatnot but there is a thing called intellectualization where like for sure i think we're on the same page and like i think that there's that narr- that thing that it's just another way of buying into the idea that there's some grandiose or some reality that you're going to live that's mm-hmm. like this perfect thing, even though it's not, yeah. which I think is what feeds a lot of our current uh, uh, political shit. But um, uh, I agree with that on a heady level. But like, really? Not like a little bit? You're like a little bit like is there a little bit in you that's like you know that that's buying into a lie, but like I know it's buying into a lie, but I still will buy into it like every day. Like, yeah. I know that there's no grandiose romantic comedy, no um, uh, pie-in-the-sky, perfect love, perfect thing, but I will go for it constantly. And yeah, I don't, oh, no, I don't I, Well, okay. I'll be honest. Where I'm at in my life, I feel like I was so dominated by, like, the romantic myth and that feeling, and I got to live it several times, and I think part of my idea of the romantic myth might be the romantic breakdown. I don't know. Whatever... It's a weird, I, for some reason it feels connected to this thought and feeling I've had that like since I have, I think, become healthier, but also since getting a little older and once my 30s something have hit, I'm like way less horny. Mm-hmm. I feel like way less like of an attachment and a need to feed this like, Gorilla you know, thing. that thing, that thing that's Lizard just like, brain. ah, yeah, that it doesn't really have me as much anymore and what a relief that is because... I'd convince myself of so many things. Uh, but for me, part and parcel to the uh, sort of like sexual drive was that romantic, capital R romance drive. The, yeah. the like heat and blood and heart stuff and, you know, fury, the fear, a furious love. Yeah. That um, I think I ended up feeling was like fairly corrosive uh, and toxic the way it would express in me. And it, it somehow along with that, it feels attached to the rest of the detachment thing. We're yeah, talking about okay, seeing okay, the matrix okay. and seeing the oh, struggle very interesting. that I don't know if I even really crave it anymore. It doesn't even sound like peace and a sort of gentle, uh, wave, like tide, like 
consistent uh, connection to my universe's like wavelength of love. That sounds good and more accessible, and it feels like more peaceful. If, this is a very you know? this is like a very Buddhist thing versus yeah. like a, a I know non Buddhist like the because it's so Buddhism is or Buddhist practices are so based in detachment, but I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. And I get the temptation because especially with doing meditating and getting back into it recently and like being like, I think I've like, like on a, you know, you graduate to different levels or whatever, not in any formal way, but it's like, Oh, now I'm doing now I'm, in, I'm better at yes. it. Like you make, I think you can gain progress. Yeah. And then one day you can become so good at it that all your problems are solved. And that's a capitalist lie. Obviously uh, what, being true. a person or uh, being a person meditation. Like you can become, it's like yeah, the thing that you did with the, the yoga thing uh, that cracked me up what on thing? Instagram. It was like some yoga oh, yeah. place. <laughs> you were like, we yoga hard or whatever it was. Yeah. We flow hard. We flow. <laughs> oh, do you, okay. So that's the, that was the, the reference joke, I was making the, with yeah, the meditation the, thing. Thousands of years old practice that is predicated not on doing stupid fucking like stretches and shit that is predicated on just you are enough in your own breath and heart and that yeah. your truth will be found there. The yeah. more present you can be when with yourself. When you let go of the idea that there is a hard that which you can, at yeah, which you can flow. That, yeah. Realizing <laughs> that the hardness is something that you opt into yeah 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 uh it was so good but that was the joke i was making yep. with the meditation thing only to say that i think the idea of that level of detachment may not be may not be mm-hmm. the most fun way to live well that's fun. Okay. only in the sense I, yeah. of like there's more heartbreak pain horror tension of course um, wanting sacrifice, all that shit. If you go the opposite route yeah. away from the Buddhist thing, I was of talking detachment. about this with a friend uh, who. Yeah, I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it stay uh, anonymous-ish. But okay. um, this idea of dis- detachment, and and we're talking about that, and how you know people will go on some uh, 12-day uh, you know vipassana silent retreat kind of a thing, yeah. and blah blah blah, and. Um, that there is, and they'll be like, I found so much peace, and I, it's amazing what's happening here, and I, wow, I've really attained some new feelings of levels or whatever. And uh, then they'll come back to the world, though, and um, normal life happens. You get a parking ticket, and you have to buy more toilet paper, and you know, just whatever yep. normal life. And then in normal life, suddenly they're becoming very overwhelmed, very stressed. Oh, I got all these emails to do all these things, blah, blah, blah. And where did all that, their, their peace is not there. And then this feeling of like saying like, so this wonderful detachment you feel from reality. Well, yeah, easy when you're getting your meals taken care of you every day and you just sit there, do nothing. And that's the whole point. You're you get to Instagram environment about it. You get to, to tell people about it. Well, yeah. that too. Yeah. But that becomes, there becomes a comfort in, in even the fact that you're yeah. trying to do something like that. But so that like, but the you... idea of how does your detachment manifest in real life when emergencies happen and blah, 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 blah. And like, things that matter happen. And so uh, the point I guess I'm trying to get to is that I do feel there's a distinction between, uh, maybe I'm using the wrong word, between detachment and non-attachment. Um, non-attachment to me is I feel more what I'm experiencing, which is not a detachment uh, in the sense of feeling disembodied. What are you talking about right now? Oh, sorry. Um, this idea, we're getting a little, we're a little bit. We're a little bit. We're a little bit out there. We're a little bit out there, guys. Let me pull this back. We are not pretty out there right now. Yeah. So, you, so you brought this thing up that Buddhists 
Uh, Buddhism is about detachment. Yeah, and my I, argument is that the pain that, the and the horrors thing. that come with the very reason you would go toward Buddhism or right. those types of practices may be worth it because they give you a more I agree. vibrant, fun, crazy life. So that's why I was the, that, and that's where I wanted to draw this distinction between detachment and non-attachment. I do think detachment is wrong. I think if you really truly get to a place that you're floaty out away from your body, your reality, your people, and you can't feel the oh, passions very and pains. Oh, that's very interesting. It's almost in like you're against transcendental meditation when you're like against the total. Like, is that that shit creeps me out? Transcendental when meditation. Like, my spirit left my body, and I saw myself meditating. I'm like, ugh, that's oh, disgusting. That's Get back interesting. Your body. That's gross. Wow, wow, that's interesting. But, no, because I don't think that's bad. I I've been there. I think how is that not detachment? Well, because you return to your body. You're supposed to return. I guess to they always say there's like a tether or some like well, silver string I, or some shit. I just shit. think there's an creeps I, me out, man. I mean, I think about this. It, it, the reason it's hard to talk about these concepts or explain them is because you, I feel like every time I, I, I think about this stuff, it requires this leap of faith that paradox is real and contradictory things exist at the same time. And so I'm going to say sure. uh, the point of non-attachment is it makes you more attached. Is that like right. in, in your uh, removing value from your experience, you're missing the point if all it does is numb you out and make you less human yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's just another kind of escape yeah. it's more connected to me to okay. the idea that realizing that your human traits and your responses to them are something that you choose or that are taught or that are just an option did you watch the gary shanling documentary no yeah, you should for sure okay but that I think is the important part because if you do cultivate a non-attachment, you're experiencing all of your emotions mm-hmm. and the, the horrors and pains. You're just not being willy-nilly controlled by them. And if your solution in your practice by if you were controlled by them forever was just to try to get away from them completely and have none of them anymore, then you're missing the point. The point yeah. is to take that principle, apply it to being present in a human so that when you feel a big hard emotion, you can you can enjoy it if it's beautiful and you can... Just be aware. Talk it down if it's toxic. Yep, exactly. And then treat it and not treat it with anger and treat it, talk it. Yeah, talk it down is a very nice way to put it. Because when you have that bad emotion, people get very like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Right. Oh, God. Yeah, and then, then, yeah. Relax. Of course you're jealous. Well, people love to be wrong. Oh, I'm great at it. This is what they do. And I mean that like this you're not allowed to be wrong. In our society, that's I think part of the divide, which we could talk about because I think you're you're one of my few friends who kind of understands and, and at least sees some humanity in uh, people on the conservative side. Yes, <laughs> you know, and um, definitely see humanity. Yeah, it's easy to divorce from that uh, out here uh, to yeah. other people. Yeah, uh, but we're not allowed to be wrong. So if somebody does say something that's prejudice, unwoke, or whatever, since we have a society where you're not allowed to be wrong. Because being wrong means you're going to get punished and you're fucked up and you're a bad person forever now. There's like you're no there's no reason for them to come to the table and instead they resent that you've put this pain on them that they don't deserve, this punishment. Like, yeah. I'm bad. How could I have known anymore? I'm just a product of my experiences. So, you know what? Actually, I am. I am that way. That is how I feel. And yeah. They double down. You know? yep, yep, double yep. down. And so you create this divide that constantly grows. And until we have allowance for each other to be wrong and truly see everybody as a, a little baby with a neural net learning computer and like this... Uh, this uh, constantly adapting meat mech yep yep that only can mech, have its experiences and and some people have a better process lets them extrapolate their experiences a little more efficiently fine but until we allow people to go like okay i don't think you're a bad person i don't think you're trying to hurt anybody and it's actually okay that you're wrong this thing then people would go if they have felt allowance they would say thank you oh i don't want to hurt people i'm gonna try but do instead you, you know yeah do you feel that with the people um that are in your life and the the like if i'm one of the few people 
that you know of who, who is who has some uh, sympathy for that worldview or those types of, of conflicting worldviews? Do you yeah. do you see that then as a problem on the left, as a member of the left? Like, yeah, because I, I certainly um, do. Here's what I think about that. Uh, people on the left. People on the left don't even let each other be right. They don't even know how to align with each other. Like, I, I think... Let me try to clear my head a little bit. People on the left. I think uh, when you see injustice... People on the left, I, li- I think, have, have really seen the life or death terms in which they see a, a lack of empathy manifest itself. They have been harmed at some point in their life and felt that, and um, thus feel like anything that is cruel to the sovereignty of a human being, meaning like their full expression of themselves... It's cruel to them, yeah. ...is uh, truly like murdering people. Yeah. And then when you get to the level of policy in terms of money... Bleeding heart. The bleeding heart. Liberal. The bleeding heart. That like that protector rage and that disgust at the lack of morality is a little bit hard to mitigate because for you it's life or death. When you make a, a an idea about, oh, security, bombing this place or, or um, taxation and taking... You're literally killing people. That's why I really love the abortion debate because that's the, where the, those two mentalities meet and it's fascinating to watch. That's interesting. And I'm yeah. all, it's also a subject I... Have very mixed feelings on, and I think I think it's normal to have, or would be normal to have mixed feelings on that. But I think that um, it's one argument where both sides are are one side is arguing as though it's life and death, and one side is just arguing that it's life and death, and that's a, a fun little. And that's also, really good. What I just said that was good, man. Did you hear that? That was pretty good. What? What I just said. That was really good. One side's arguing as though it's life and death, and one side is just arguing that it's life and death. Holy shit. That's good, right? Or am I just well, I'm a little hold on. I'm a little out because of now it. I'm thinking like, well, some sides obviously. I think some they're people, both arguing about if it's life or death. You, you, well, oh, I thought you were going to say both sides are arguing as though it is life and death. Or, or, or I'm sorry, I thought you were saying that both sides are arguing as though it's life and death. Like, I think, like as if like yes. for life and death. Like I think the no, no, vehemence. With I know what you're saying. Arguing. Yeah, I know. I think they're both arguing if it's life or death. Well. Yeah, I, you think? Because the the one side argues well, for women's life, rights. If it's life, it is death. Is it's the idea the right? pro the pro choice side is it's about women's rights. The pro life side is life and death. Yeah, the argument being like, look, no nobody out there thinks, cool dude, we love just fucking having abortions. Of course, yeah, we you don't know? even go to that. Yeah, no, yeah. no human beings who have them think that nobody's right. like choosing that as an option for birth control. But what's interesting know? to me is it, it it speaks to the the evangelical. Um, uh, hypocrisy that happens more often than not where the very these things that they espouse they don't fight as though they are like like oh that's right if you really thought people were murdering children you would like you throw your you would bomb if we did have a fucking if there was that's exactly right i think that's so true so it speaks to the fact that it's on someone like if there was a house that was like in every major city and what they did there all day was bring in toddlers and fucking shoot them in the head what would you do you do anything you would do anything if you if yeah or or I would hear about it and I go, well, surely someone's going to do something. And I bet the next day someone would just, I wouldn't be. Exactly. I wouldn't be the but first that's, one. But that's exactly how right. Hor- how horrible of a person am I that if I heard that was happening, that's right. my first thought would be, well, someone else is going to take care that's of that. That's why, that is why, that is such a good way to explain it. If, if go like, you really think that that's happy, that they're killing children there? Okay, wait, hold on. I, uh, if, if they built a fucking house, there's a house right now <laughs> yeah. where parents could bring in their child, their newborn baby, and chop its head off like a chicken. Mm-hmm. You would just be 
protesting sometimes and trying to get your and laws to change against it. Yeah. Is that what you would be doing? It's fascinating, man. Yeah. That is so funny. The the nicer version of that that I've heard that I I don't nobody would answer this like if they the the the, the situation is always like there's a fire and sure. and you have two things you can only save one of these things oh, from I can't the fire. Wait. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. 1000 viable human embryos, fertilized eggs. Yes. One child. Okay. Who are you saving from this building? Um, assuming that I can... You, you can if only it's get between, one. Okay. I was, one, is there a third option where I can just leave? Because no, that seems tense. Cute. I like it. Pro-killing babies. Yeah. <laughs> I would take the kid. I'd take the kid. You know, a cent, we, you, you, you know inherently which one's a person. Here's another way of looking at that. If you found out that you when you were three years old or four years old you have this memory and there's flames all around and some and you're like what's going on and you're in hypnosis or whatever and then you discover like holy shit you were saved by this guy who chose between you and 1000 embryos you'd be like this guy is amazing i have to meet i have to meet him (laughs) i slept into a spanish accent i assume it's spanish (laughs) coco thing but uh i recently anyway and then if you found out though that it was an embryo that you were an embryo when you got saved you wouldn't care at all like if you found if somebody was like when you were just an embryo this guy chose you and 999 other people (laughs) you wouldn't give a shit so also i know that part of me saving that kid is because i want that kid to remember me which is my thing. yeah that's just my thing i always wanted yeah it's that i have to be known for all of my good deeds good. that's good i mean that was a joke it, by the way please don't i don't know what's happening i i, I the, there's just so much disingenuous argument with it uh, oh that's what it is i think it goes back to the the argument that i tend to go to with anything is like not only do i disagree with you i don't think that you actually believe that's what, what you're I, saying. that's that's right and that's where it gets very tricky because then it then there's a giving up that happens because it's like i'm not going to get it i'm not going to convince someone that they don't believe it right and if they as long as they believe it, it doesn't matter which unfortunately is appropriate like in interpersonal yeah, relationships, no oh, oh, giving up is the best. It's like once you—that's the bridge that you cross when you realize that someone you're like, oh, you're so disingenuous. You think you're being sincere. Yeah. Uh, this is not for me to fix. Yeah. Gotta go. That's peace. That's when. That's that level of like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think that's when meditation and like being able to go to that like space is actually helpful. <laughs> I mean, cause you can go like, Oh, I see. All right. And then, yeah, you can, yeah. I'm going to love you for where you're at. Right. And that's a nice thing. The, the, I think the fear attached to it is you go like, so then the people who do have that peace and don't want to like fuck with the world really don't really care. They're kind of doing their thing. Don't want to try to change somebody's minds who have that non-attachment and that like outlook. Um, don't try to, they, the result is all the toxic people who are attached and think they got to impact the world and yep. blah, blah, are the ones doing that. And so you're walking, you walk away from them and go like, oh, I'm not going to argue with you anymore yeah. because that's a, that's something you don't care to spend your time doing, but they do care to spend their time doing. This is the thing I think about like with like, uh, I was always like, like, I don't know, like the, like com- liberals and conservatives related to combat or violent guns, mm-hmm. you know? One of those people inherently loves it, and so they focus on it all the time and practice it a lot, and the other side doesn't, which puts one side, like, of course you're going to... That's funny. You I know, know what, what you're mean? saying. There's one side that's going to be like, you don't know anything about it. And then the other side's like, yeah, of course we don't know anything about it. We don't like them. We yeah, don't want anything yeah. to do it. <laughs> and, and, just, and just that, like, how's the world supposed to get better when 
Like, how's the how's the world ever going to get more peaceful when the people that are more peaceful are the ones that don't worry about fucking with things? Yeah. You know? But the people who, who are going to make it more violent like to be violent, which means they're going to do their best to change and shape society and blah, blah. So we always bend towards the will of the aggressor no matter what. Nah, because it inherently, like... That's non-neutral too. It, it's like that it, thing it, we're, since it we were is talking in, about that earlier with the uh, or no, I was yes. talking about somebody else. Yeah. Since it is interested in, nope, in imposing yet. its wor- will on the world, it gets good at imposing its will on the world, and therefore will guide the will of the world of of history more than the one that would not. Have we started the podcast? I mean, this is madness. I, I really don't know. <laughs> I, I'm gonna listen back to this, and I'm I'm don't even know if I'll be able to track what we're saying. Do you? Yeah, it sounds insane. I think I'm it, worried we've gone to another dimension a little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit, but it's I'm having a great time. But I for sure, too, listening wise, I feel like up. it's like you talk for a little bit and then I talk for a little bit. You really mean like a long time? You talk for a lot, but th- I like it. I don't mind I'm it. Sorry, I know I enjoy listening. There's not a lot that you say that I don't agree with or would be saying if you didn't. You know, well, I think that about you. We kind of follow. Oh, that's so sweet. But we follow a script, and you're just saying. I think you're just saying a lot of the script, which is great. But it's nothing I disagree with. Right. We're just finishing each other's. Exactly. I don't know. That's interesting. I Wait, can I'll relax, let's... and you're going to say both points, and that's great. <laughs> we don't have a lot we disagree on. This is the worst. This is the worst episode I've done, probably. Really? Oh, no, I mean, to... I think that that's just funny. I'm sorry. I'm talking so much. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having a day, I guess. Maybe you are. You do seem to be having a day. What's going on? <laughs> Tell me about it. Open up to uh, No, no, it's all right. I mean, we just got a little high. Maybe a little too high. We did maybe get a little too high. Damn. The, the reason we did that was, in my mind, was... I associate with you. You do. You did that character for a while. You do the videos with the with the whiskey. Do you still do? Oh them? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. kind of like have a little whiskey and do this thing. And you have this sort of dapper uh, guy, gentleman kind of. Uh, you know, uh, and I think you're doing kind of like uh, a riff on it as a part of you know when you do that character, that like masculine, mad many. Yeah. You know, and so I was like, oh, you know, that's that is a thing we typically do. We have like a whiskey together or a scotch together and, and do this thing. Uh, and I was like, well, we'll just try to recreate that vibe. This will be the one that's a little more, but I haven't been drinking. So I was like, well, I'll just smoke a little weed and you'll do that. But smoked like maybe a little too much weed. And also, uh, uh, weed has a different effect. Wait, what? Weed has a different effect on this kind of a conversation. Because we, we've had this kind of conversation where we, I know, I, I see what's happening. I'm going to put a disclaimer at the happening. beginning of this. That's like, just be high. That's it. I'm you're sorry. A little, if you're yeah. high, you might have fun. Because you know what happens? It's like poems. Uh, poetry, part of the reason you pick the words in poems isn't even their meaning. It's their shape. That's one of those sentences that, though, if you were trying to sound high, is the I most know, high sounding. I know. I know. You know what it is? It's like poems. Do you but, think about poems? But I'm just saying, with poems, uh, like I had this, the, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite people I wrote with, uh, with I had this editor who I worked with a little bit with poems and I love talking to her because the first person who ever would talk about language the same way as me I would go like like you know oh, the word here shouldn't be gold it should be frog and you'd go yes I know what you mean because it's as much about the shape and percussion and the feel of a word yeah, yeah, yeah. so sometimes I think when you get high uh, there's a there's almost like the way you get sensory pleasure you get an, a mental sensory yes. sort of pleasure of like the shape of a word the way it kind of you know so that the meaning doesn't even matter as much as just the joy of saying them yep literally checking your phone i'm sorry no it's okay it was a it was my lawyer are you making that up no <laughs> actually it actually was so business yeah it's my are you business. okay i gotta check my i don't know i it's a it's one of those ambiguous, like, can you give me a call things? And I'm like, well, I don't like that at all. Do you have any, like, pending 
cases out uh, against you or something? I'm still up for some alimony. Dude. Is that true? No. <laughs> Thank God. Damn. I dodged. I, that, that gave me uh, an uh, overwhelming anxiety for uh, the better part of a year. The idea of alimony? I thought I, I will. Yeah. During the divorce, I thought I was going to end up having to pay alimony and I couldn't pay anything. And I thought they were going to slam me with some kind of insane thing because I had made some money at some point for and, sure and then it was going to be calculated in a way that didn't add up yeah that's what happens in entertainment because you get a big chunk of cash at one time and then don't get paid again forever but they're right. like well he must get this every week exactly yeah and so uh but yeah no it all works out but that's that stuff is terrifying all that stuff is terrifying what was that like you were in love right um we had a, a very good run i would well, say I, well okay i don't remember if that makes any you sense you don't remember yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's fever dream of attachment and like uh, ad- yeah. adoration and yeah. We could go into it sometime. Maybe not on. That's on okay. Yeah. But yeah. No, because I, I, I just think it's interesting. And maybe we can talk about it in broader terms. You don't have to go this deep enough if you're willing to think about uh, answering this one. But um, I was just curious about. I've gone through big big um, breakups, uh, but I've never gone through a divorce. And I do believe in the power of ritual. I do believe in the commitment. I, I was freaked out when I was a kid. I was always said I never want to get divorced because my parents got divorced. And I used to think that the marriage, uh, not, I don't hope this doesn't freak you out or resonate with something that you might feel because I know you're a very spiritual guy. But I was like, I always thought then, well, mom and dad, you're going to be stuck together. You're going to see each other in heaven. Like you tied your souls together and that's how that works. You funny. can't break that. And I was like, so I was scared. I was like, I don't ever want to do the magical part. I don't care about the legal part, like the ritual of marriage to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're tying to them forever. Now I have like, don't think that, <laughs> but, um, anyway, so I'm just as an identity, I'm a married and now I'm, I've be, I'm divorcing. I'm just curious about your because I like your perspective on things, what your your experience or perspective of that, if you have some identity thing with that. Yeah, for sure. I, I, don't, th- I, I, uh, I don't think of myself as a divorced person, which is a weird... Uh, no, I understand have that. Have you heard that before? Have you ever been like, you're single? Who's single? Who's divorced? divorced yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? Fucking weird. That is so weird. Um, but I mean, it's weird. I did have an entire very like... I feel like I lived my 30s and my 20s and that was its own thing. And I, I know... I learned a lot. I know a lot about how to be in a relationship. And I know a lot about giving, but I also know a lot about what it looks like when things start to not go, not yeah. to go great. And I know what it looks like when I specifically am not getting what is good and what I should have in, on my own little weird. Not, not in a like, brain. well, I deserve this, but in a sense of boundaries and actual needs of your actual organism, needs as a person. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah, exactly. Not the, you're not that like classic, like, like guy bro thing where you're like, yeah, you know, my, la- my old lady, like yeah, not that shit, not but like that, the kind yeah. of thing where you're like, Oh, my soul is, uh, is not good. Um, that kind of thing. Yep. I know what that looks like. I know how I react and I know, uh, Oof. how it can go and it's not good, but the, no, I know that's, a lot of good stuff. That's definitely valuable knowledge. All valuable knowledge. It's weird, man. It's a weird thing to think back on and be like, Oh man, this was a whole, a whole, like I had the Ooh, whole traditions. I yeah. had the whole, uh, you know, I, provided i had a very like did what it took to make money to make sure that the ends were meet wow and it's a very weird i went through phases we would go back and forth on phases where we'd pay the bills so i'd handle all the finances and go and figure out you know what savings accounts we were going to get and build our you know our retirement funds it yeah, was so all that strange grown-up stuff and like in yeah. your 20s and i was like 24 and then uh, and then it didn't work out and now it's like i have this like weird kind of like reflect yeah. like muscle memory with certain things yeah, that's interesting, man. I think about that a lot, how, like, uh, I think with the Bible thing about, like, there's a season for all things, uh-huh. and that 
how difficult, but how important that metaphor, that, that thing is about knowing like that in life, sometimes things are here and then that time is over. I, I read a Rihanna interview one time and, um, oh, what interview? Rihanna, you know, Rihanna, oh, yes, the, I've heard the of singer. Her. Uh, she was being interviewed by Miranda. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Rihanna, uh, was being interviewed by Miranda July. Who's this, uh, okay. wonderful director and writer, indie films. And she said in one part, this is how I remember it. I might, you know, we have the quote wrong. I don't know. But I remember uh, Rangelai saying something about, you know, when you're a powerful woman and that it's hard to find a partner who like wants, who can match where you're at yep. and that kind of a thing. And Rihanna's response was um, that in my perception of it was that it was like, she's calm and this powerful Rihanna who's strangely soft-spoken and says, uh, yes, I am still in that time. And that, that, that thing in my head was like, I am still in that time <laughs> was like really beautiful to me. And this idea of being able to comprehend a, a period of your life as a time that you are yeah, in yeah, and then being okay with the fact that, that times end and that can be very hard when the time is good. And also not pressure yourself when yeah in that and get into a phase of, am I making the most of it? Am I making the least of it? Am I da 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 da? Because that's yeah. its own trap. It's right. like there's one side of it that's like become aware that this is a thing and that everything yeah. changes, but then also be like, let that shit go too and enjoy the time and yeah. stop trying to define it as right. well. And then when it's gone to be able to say like, that was a good time. This is a real and deep conversation. Now. now we're now we're having just a nice sweet conversation. Yeah, still well, think, very high, still very sweet. Well, uh, you gain uh, you gain uh, nothing. You only <laughs> you only ruin the legacy and the good feelings of a thing by trying to clutch onto it. Right. It's the person that says uh, "fun with friends." It's a Pete Holmes joke. What is it? The the surest way to like ruin a, a good time is in the middle of a group of friends when there's a lull in the conversation. Just go, ah, fun with friends. <laughs> I do do this thing. I do do this. You thing probably where, do it ironically though. No, you really no, know not that. Not oh, okay. that. I don't do that. But that I, that is nice. Uh, I say making <laughs> mems. I was like, look at us, yeah. look at us here, making mems. Making mems, yep, yep, yep. Because yep. that's all life's about, you just, it's making your way mems, of being like, dude. I'm aware of a good time that we're all dude. having. Well, then now when I used to read this, uh, you ever hear of Cam Jansen? Did you read those books when you were no, a kid? No, no, no. The Cam Jansen Never. series? She would solve crimes. Her name is Cam Jansen. She had a, a photographic memory. Uh, she'd walk around, she'd look at things that had happened in the neighborhood and go, click, and blink her eyes, and then she could think back on the scene. And it was like... <laughs> oh, that's very funny. <laughs> I just really liked that when I was a kid. And the crimes would always be like... Oh, someone knocked over the cookie jar and I got to do chores for it or whatever. But um, that thing making memes for me sometimes by, by, because this is my other weird thing about a time, about being, being able to release and accept a time. My favorite way that you would ever start a sentence is, because this is my other thing. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's just your way. Okay. It's your way of just. (laughs) Okay. That's correct though. That is correct. What I said. Uh, This is my other thing. No, that a nice thing about a time is also, I think the invocation of, the knowledge of the time. It's like very biblical. It's very churchy to me. Yes. The invocation, the call to worship, but just this, the saying of like, I, I see what is happening and it is good. Right. And that is what divorce is like. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to put it, if I had to sum it up into six I words, mean, I do I love know what is happening. To visualize myself as I've gone through a divorce and then I just hold my wife, my yeah. ex-wife and I say, this time is over now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I must assure you. I will miss you. And Goodbye. she wistfully, wisely goes, and I you. Yep. And we kind of smile. <laughs> go, wow. About the times we've had. What a time. 
and just mature, wise, beautiful, conscious, aware. We walk away and we leave each other. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really let that happen though. <laughs> that's like that's I, like the, I, when the reality is. I'm just like constantly like, but, but I, hey, I was just thinking, you yeah, know, yeah, constantly yeah. texting back. What that's are you a doing? Beautiful idea. Oh, Instead, wow. I blew it up. <laughs> oh, you're seeing. Oh, seeing somebody new now, huh? Wow. So that's cool. Yeah. Oh, you guys went traveling together, oh, huh? Cool. Great. That must yeah. be nice. Wow. Yeah. Never did that with me. Got a piece of mail for you. Yeah, I'm really good at maturity like that. I just love the visualization of oneself as this wise, <laughs> reserved, <laughs> capable. Oh, dude. Half of my therapy sessions are my therapist Damn. going, come back down. Come back down to where we are. And I'm like, no, of course you don't understand. I have a lot going, and it's like all bullshit. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's now that's what I'm doing here. That's what we're doing. But I'm really, I don't know, doing a little more today. Let's not know. fall into what we are doing, because that's a hole we can't get out of, dude. If we start commenting yep. too much on the conversation. Thank you. What do you. What's going on with capitalism? What do you think about capitalism? I like that. That's a good segue. That I will sense. say that is something I want to talk with you about. Uh, what's the deal? What's, that? what's the deal? <laughs> capitalism. Uh, so, socialist Seinfeld, that'd be fun. Not really at all. But um, you said this thing once. You were reading that book, Capitalism's Desire, which you mentioned earlier. You you interviewed recently the, yes. uh, the guy who wrote it. And you said uh, even revolution, the idea of like socialist revolution or something like that, revolution is part of the lie of capitalism, which is basically that all of capitalism is predicated on the idea that you have somewhere to get to, you have something to get, and then you will be completed. Yeah, and I could be wrong about fully understanding what he was saying, but I think that was a part of at least a grand... I just don't want to misquote him in some yeah. way. I, so this I is, so this is much what I'll say for as him, a disclaimer yes, for you, that's is exactly. that I don't... I think everyone's authority on their own experience, and I think that we should pride ourselves on being able to, uh, or at least striving to, hear truth no matter where it comes from, even if it's somebody you hate or don't like. And that to me, sometimes... You know, it just will spark a thought. And I associate that thought with that capital and desire thing. And that might not be what he's saying. I'm not even saying that's what it he's is, saying. Though. It is, for it, sure. Yeah, I okay. just want to make sure that I'm being sure. that I'm not being an authority on his work because I could yeah. be wrong. But either way, I guess what I'm just saying and why I'm even bringing this moment to say this is because everybody out there listening or whoever, whatever, should... Uh, not think that you need an outside thing, an established expert, something to validate an idea you've come up with. Isn't that fun? Yeah, you're totally right. You know? Definitely, though, I think it helps. I, it, it does help. It helps the organism, helps because it's validation, it's outside source and whatever. But I just, I always think... But, uh, like, if you if you had an inkling, because, well, I, I don't know, I don't know about that, right? Because, like, do you think that, because if you're part yeah. of a tribe, which we all are, of some kind, we're all part of various tribes, but if you are a part of that tribe, you, because of if you're whatever, your psychology, yeah. your upbringing, you're going to have certain feelings. And if you didn't have an authority going, right. Hey, those feelings aren't accurate. You would continue to think that. So I would say at times you, you need an yeah, authority feelings to aren't correct. Fact. I think, uh, an authority to correct. That's interesting. See, I know, I know this is a, this is a tough subject for me because I know that this is very murky waters intellectually in the sense that basically my, the ultimate, I will say the spoiler at the ultimate end of this argument, uh, echoes fairly, uh, a lot with the idea of like, don't listen to doctors, you know, right. Like saying, was, uh, because, and saying like, you know, doctors in Victorian times didn't think bacteria was a thing at one point and always keep that in mind that we are fallible beings, right. That I you would, could come up with something new. I think the 
point I'm making is a, the Ram Dass thing of like everyone is my teacher, and so the idea like oh we don't need an authority. I'm I'm the da, da, da. it's like or you humble yourself and you make yourself low and you go oh this is I'm close yes. to the ground I'm close to the and that's where the truth is that I agree with and that understanding though that you that's some deep I, shit imply, that or some pretentious very shit. good very pretentious I like it very much Thanks. what do you mean I enjoyed it oh, that's very good the, the the idea that ever that uh, masturbatory yes, maybe a little um, bit. I think the discomfort with authority, I mean, every, this is the thing, conservative, uh, Republican, binary, whatever, uh, they're always the same thing that you're looking at from either side. So authority is something that I chafe under that I think is awful instantly. I'm like, no, there's no authority. However, I will then say everybody is my teacher and agree with that. So clearly I do like an authority. Oh, that's funny. It, yeah. Cause it, it's like it, the, we're all amateurs. No matter what you're right. doing, you're an amateur. There's someone better than you. You're not as good as you could be. You're not the best. So you're, everyone inherently is an amateur and everyone is your yeah. professor is a very nice, just a nice balance. That's right. I would take both nice, of exactly. those and both of those, the, the, the Ram Dass thing is my new agey brain coming out. Yeah. And then the, we're all amateurs is the psychoanalysis. Yes. Part, I think makes it's, sense. it's so just, I, uh, reject. I, I know what I believe. Well, it's like one should reject authority as if it's, you can only seek truth from one source that already has it. Yeah. But one should be surrendered before the ultimate, like humility that you that you are that are part of a thing that's much larger than you and right. other things know things you don't you can learn from them. Have we started the podcast yet? This is going to be a weird one. Yeah, is it weird? Is it weirder than the I others? I can't tell. I'm glad. I know. I, I can't tell. I honestly feel fine. I don't feel weird. I mean, I don't feel like I'm like if I had. Here's the thing. I think you and I probably in our minds had a way this conversation was going to go, and it was going to flow. We're going to reach some real points of like oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think we had our sitcom romance set to go exactly for this con. We were seeing the narrative, but I think what actually happened was we had a little bit of weed and we just started rambling that's about correct. shit. That's <laughs> correct. But that's what we do. Time. This is like we're jacking each other off because this it's is extremely is. our shit. And we shit. haven't hung out in a while. Yeah, it is jack, and it feels good. And there's very few people that I can talk to about this kind of stuff at all and, and, so and it's very you nice know what's funny about it some some of it too isn't even about what it's about it's like in this way exactly you know? it's, it's so little about what it's about it's just the fact that we're saying it yeah we're, gets this a is vent. the truest expression of a bullshit session yeah and, and it's just like and it's how, necessary dude it feels so good yeah it's very cathartic but it's for sure about us it does feel <laughs> like a good hand job that yeah. is that is the sort of sense gestalt like spiritual yep. feeling of it oiled up just someone's good at it. Just like my friend's going to come over. We're going to do a podcast, but really we're just going to dive into our own, like kind of like, here's the new thing I was thinking well, about. The, the shit. Thing, yeah. The thing <laughs> Which you is said, great. yeah. Well, the thing you said Brr. about, um, the brain thing, uh, that like you can do shorthand. You'll, f- we'll just finish the same script. I think I will listen back and I'll be like, Oh, that's a thought that for any normal human being, we did not finish that thought at all, but I feel like we just yeah, extrapolated it out. So we, yep. so we just moved on. I knew. Yeah. There were you know a couple I mean? times like, I know where you're going, but let's go to this thing that you just yeah. I was thinking while but you it's were like talking, versions of us had that whole conversation and we just know it. We, we computed know it and moved on. We just saw the rhythm. Uh, and, and I think <laughs> there's another thing where it's like, um, I lost it, but, uh, yeah, it was good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Man. I fucked you up on that one. It's no, it's I jumped fine. right in. I oh, fucked up the it rhythm. was as I was talking as we were going back and forth i was like this is great because when you went on a tangent i was like it's like a la carte for me like you it's like you're bringing out not a la carte it's like you're bringing yeah. out a, a splatter of the things dessert cart thing. and i can just go and you went with it so i could go let's talk about that and you would go boop let's boop. do that yeah, i love that that's really funny that's that nice. is kind of that you you know what i like i've always liked about talking to you <laughs> let's get into the compliment each other phase let's do it no but i i do really cherish is um i do know that i can do this thing that i think you do too where you can just go and mm-hmm. like you're you're like 
and some people find it, it find it uh, what's the word fucking rude you know that like I just uh, talk and <laughs> um, talk and talk Twitter. yeah and um, I have had people close to me and I have I'm working on it I've clocked it I've listened that uh, say. I don't ask questions. I don't like ask. But in my family, in the way I was raised, it was this very presentational, strange, like, I'm going to have an explosion of feelings and thoughts, and that's what's up. And in that, through the demonstration of that, the implicit is, you can do that too. You go. You know? Right, and right. So this, this is exchange, how I am. This yeah. is so who I am, of course. It's yeah. truly how you like, are. It yeah. doesn't even sound bad to me, really, this idea. People say it as like, this is what you do. You talk at people, and then the other person talks back at you. I actually don't think that like makes sense to me. I'm going to present all these things. Then you're going to present all your things. And we're I would take them feel in. that way if it, if you lacked the ability to actually listen, but you don't seem to not listen. You right. don't see it even if you don't ask or you don't go like because I know that's the thing with podcasting too, when it's very like when you're, especially when you're starting it and you're like, what's the rhythm? Do I do I talk a lot or do I let them talk? And if I talk too much, is that like a turnoff or is it not? Right. And then also you feel a need to compensate. Like if I'm checking my phone, that puts you in a position where you have to keep talking the entire time. That but, can happen. Just that happens to me when I just do this to go be like, are the levels okay? Are we right? Right. Uh huh. And then I can tell the person is like, I feel bad because I'm like, I just need to surreptitiously do this, but you now feel right. the need. You have to go on your own. But because you're able to, I think, pay attention in the conversation. I don't think it's a bad thing i think it's i agree it it is affected definitely by narcotics but i think that's that's the nature of what we're doing here. yeah i mean i think it's a saturday afternoon it's saturday afternoon it's saturday afternoon with my uh i don't even know what i call it because it's it's it is a jack-off thing it's not like a true intellectual thing no it's not (laughs) it's like something else that's funnier like you know that's that's it's not it's it's definitely the kind of thing where it's like a couple of uh artistic kid young men are are definitely exploring ideas that they're excited about yeah we're in that, that yeah for sure we're just dabbling you know just like we're um who's the what's not bacchanalian there's a greek guy and now the name his name oh, i have no idea means uh, what if you like food and drink a lot and stuff like that mac um oh my god i'm gonna lose epicurean Ooh. Epicures. Okay. We're being like these sort of intellectual epicures. It's like, it's a little bit, it's it's like we find the idea of exercising our brain in a verbal way exciting and delicious. It's something, yeah. It definitely, it, it's a yeah. muscle, it's a thing, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes just the, the act of that is fun. It's not even the subject matter. It's just the like going through the motion and the thing, you know? It's like a YouTuber. Oh, no. Like a, the person who... It's like a content creator. Like a content creator. It's, and why oh, aren't they content when all that It's almost content. as if we've created a wasteland in which we must fill it with something. Content. Well, I just meant the sense, like, if a video creator starts to just enjoy seeing themselves on their computer screen. What's up, guys? Screen. Yeah. That, the what's up guys youtubers yeah i love that dude i i do think <laughs> i do think the content thing the term content creator is so grotesque and um content. and uh what's the word uh commodified and just like uh we just need content we need move units you know it's like so funny that is very instead of saying i can make art i create a thing i'm crazy well dude that's i get very into like the uh or very against the the whole thing that the that your side of the your your way more side of the political spectrum does which is the we're gonna now take like i saw this tweet going around mm-hmm. that a good friend of mine retweeted and i was like i wanted to text her and be like why what was it it was like flint will cost 55 million dollars i retweeted to, that bitch yeah yeah I, that makes sense that oh, so what it is it. is uh real quick jeff bezos has a 27 billion dollars or something like that all these billions of billions of dollars flint would only cost 55 million dollars to fix 
what a what a what a to me my thing is you know oh what a what a delightful thing we as the human tribe decide to use our resources for that was my feeling right and that's a nice thing to think but i think the message of the tweet is very oversimplified and very like uh like oh because these people have all this money if they just wrote a check for 55 million dollars this crisis would be fixed and i think the that number like there's no um no sign to me that there's any intellectual or like factual thought put into any of that stuff. And that's where the left you're saying loses like me a lot. The, you're saying the illusion that uh, there's some sort of uh, service ready to go. That right. May, like that makes they're sandwiches. Just on a, uh, that $55 million do, check and yeah, they're going to, that there wouldn't be that a, pipes fixed yeah. and it's gone. And the water, or not the pipe, right. the water is a infrastructure, the yeah. time, all of the kind of uh, nitty gritty, actual realities yeah. of putting together the, the effort and time to do that. And the billionaire it's implied that then is this fat cat who isn't busy. And I'm not saying I'm not giving sympathy to billionaires, but Assuming that yes, they let's are, be clear. The, the posture of this podcast is they should be eaten. Okay? Of course, they should so, be eaten. Yeah. And also, let's just assume that they're human beings. Let's okay. just assume that they're granted the, the, the sanctity of human life. If they are, does then their job become to make sure that the Flint thing happened? And the, well, that and is then, a good question. And then when it does, they're like, the tweet was like, this would be a great PR move. When they do that and they don't do the next thing, what, what hypocritical change happened? Like, I just think it's an oversimplified yeah. thing. And I think that any well, big issue has a, a lot of causes and a lot of hangups. And I don't like tweets like that, that try to oversimplify yeah. or dumb things down. I mean, part of me does feel like billionaires have like sort of self-selected out of humanity. Uh, and in that kind of sense of a human at the middle of it. Um, I mean, I can't speak to it. I don't know, man. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I'm going to respond to you. I have to I pee really badly. One, That's what I'm thinking about right now. What? Let me pee. I have to pee too. Let's take a little pee break and we are going to come back with this Dude, great. false conundrum because I think this is a really good one. Not a false conundrum. I think this is a conundrum. This yeah. one is like a Zen Koan. You know what I mean? It's like a situation that, like, how you respond to it to me tells Let's me more pee. about who we'll, you are than we'll, not. Yeah, okay, yeah, bye. Yeah. Uh, but that it's but that it's just um, that movement and barely held together reality of structure that we picture as society, government, our homes, our laws, whatever, is just uh, the same thing as a starling detecting what is happening with seven other birds around it, and somehow the adding up of all of those. Seven birds, seven birds, seven birds affecting an eighth results in the movement of the whole thing. And, and down it goes. Yeah. And somehow that altogether, though, uh, comprises a single entity, like a single mind moving forward. And in that entity, things continue to spiral forth constantly. There's yeah. never an end. Like throughout, despite the fact that there's 94% dark matter and all that shit, and right. the universe is this big, black, gaping void, there well, has been life that has sprung forth time and time again, even amongst mm-hmm. the onslaught of death and destruction that happens around us. That's what I think God is. And let's talk about capitalism, Jerry. Okay. Um, let and us. I agree. Let that, us. I agree. I know that, that, that was God. a good break, and we're going to hard break on that because it was good. And I want to. We're going to segue smoothly now. Based smooth on that, segue. this is the smooth segue. Let's stay with each other. Let's not stay in our own heads. Yes. Let's stay with each other. Irony because we can't smooth because the construct was, uh, you know, that you anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I do want to readdress that the tweet that went around that people were glibly reposting, myself included, glibly. Glib, like yeah, I get it. No, glib, no. I just hadn't heard glibly. I love that. I feel like they're being glib. I don't like. It. I don't like the in post. a glib fashion. I don't like it. Something about. It, I don't like. Sometimes it. I think glib is cute. It's but, in its head. It rubs me the wrong way. It oversimplifies things. I don't like it. All right, that 
Okay, so you know what it is the, too. The, the, it's existing in the system. That the very system that is caught that is saying that like this is a good idea for these billionaires to pay for it is the same system that created that in the first place. So it's it's that's a, right. It's within the woods that you're going. This tree needs to get chopped down. Like you're you're still yeah. in the problem. You're well, you're you're not. If you zoom out, you go oh yeah. That's not how you solve one problem. How you solve one problem is you start tr- trying to figure out how to solve all the problems. Well, I think there is a correct resentment of the system we've created, which is that all of human history, there's mostly people just trying to get along, live their lives, cook and hang out and see people and have families and do their jobs and whatever. And then those people are subject to the whims of billionaires, meaning in the form in the past of like warlords and shit. I always think of like when you learn, there's the Punic Wars, I think is the one with Hannibal and ancient, you know, if you're in one of these little Italian city states, some little village on the Alps, and Wait. one day, because his dad was mad about another dad that was another billionaire's dad that hurt his armies, elephants come over the fucking sure, house sure. and murder all of you. Yeah, yeah. You didn't do, do it. You, that resentment is appropriate. But do you think that the if you were a, a person who was just hanging out with their family and that uh, enjoying your time and then all of a sudden you had a bunch of money, you wouldn't also be the warlord? Is that what you're saying? That like you become the warlord when you get the money? Like, I think is this a problem the drive, well, well, no, no, no. I, well, that's another subject altogether. I'm just, uh, first to start the, just the fact that we're with each other, we're staying yep, on we're topic here. and we're just good. the fact that all of those people who are not the warlord and all of human history is subject to these whims of, well, hope we get a benevolent one, you know? I guess I think we're all warlords, just we have le- differing you levels. You really believe of, that? I don't think, I think that there is a chaotic uh, undertone to all of yeah. humanity. That's I, what I think I, is beautiful about society and beautiful about the preservation of life and love and all those things is because it is the spark that that shines through the darkness that is the, the yeah. standard of humanity. Well, what I think, what I may think that is in a sort of in alignment, I've never had this specifically expressed thought before, I don't think, until now, is that humanity in the sense of our embodiment, the animal here that is capable of channeling this consciousness, the thing that hunts and eats and whatever, and, and the thing that the brain is, the, the body, the physical expression yeah. of self. And along with it, that means our personalities. That, I think, may inherently be bent towards uh, aggression, chaos, predation, and scarcity thinking. But the divinity which channels through us so that we are somehow connected to, which I would say is this, the true source and nature of sentience of, of, of a consciousness, which, you know, as, yeah, as yeah. something more than an accident of chemistry yes, yes. in our brain. But my, my thought is that that, that, that that thing does not, that thing le- tends towards benevolence and, you know, but my thought expression. is that the default that people go to, the thing that they fall back on and that we all fall back on every day, even if we like to fancy ourselves like big fancy thinkers like yeah. we do, the, what you fall back on is the, the primal, uh, dark, uh, unknown, fearful. Like you, you I, I know what you're saying. I, the reason I'm, I'm, uh, I think I'm pushing back on the notion of default is that I'm saying I think that all human beings are two competing entities in one expression and that one of those entities is embodied by the body on earth, the human animal part, and that that default, I agree with you, is that. But I believe the default of the other thing the consciousness at the center of us that drives the whole, that is the reason the body is yeah, animated. it's just a yin-yang, except I don't think the line's in the middle. I think the line is like way over on the darkness and there's like a sliver of the white. Yeah, I know. I think that's just because 
it's so hard for people to transcend their physical experience. And I mean that, and also their intellectual one, their, their dimensional embodied experience. And that one wins out over that internal. I don't know, man. I think, do you think, I truly believe there are some, okay, this is, this is the thought. When you're a child or any time in your life, if you hurt somebody else, um, do you learn to not do that because it may cost you something down the road, whether it's karma or the government or God punishing you for doing something bad? Is that what makes you not doing something, do something bad? Or is the default setting of humans, when I hurt somebody, something I can't explain hurts in me just because they're hurting, not because karmically I'm going to get punished or anything. Just because... Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. you know? I agree with you. I which, think, so, which I just think is that's the sliver of light. I think that just falls into that. I think there's a whole shit ton of things happening in the human brain, and the ability for us to have empathy, true empathy and like good empathy, yeah. is just part of the thing that we agree on, which is that there is this beauty that resides. I just don't think it's 50-50. I don't think it's this perfect, nice, neat war between two impulses. I, I do think that there's more darkness than, than light, which I think is what makes the light so important and something that we should strive for in every, yeah. every aspect. I think, I think it's just the, I think it's sort of an expression of the nature of creation versus destruction that creation, destruction is so much easier and so much more volatile and so much like it only takes one fucking, uh, destructive element, one bomb to take down a building that, um, took thousands of people, thousands of hours to yeah, make. Yeah. That's kind of very much what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So that like that light to me is much more, actually common than we expect but the repercussions of that toxicity are much more volatile and common i think that's why it feels like they went out and beat that sliver maybe i don't know i i don't know i really don't know i like to think that i do like to think it's a it's a very um i don't like to think the unconscious has like malicious intent i like to think that the unconscious is sort of like this godlike thing that directs everybody in some light I agree and the less repressed you are no matter what that looks like is inherently healthier and more spiritual than than the the more repressed but at the same time, there's a part of me that's like, mm, what I have buried is probably, what I also have buried is immensely more shittiness. Like, I, in my own personal journey, I found that I have uncovered all sorts of good things, but more bad things, just bad things that I can handle better. But what like, do you think, uh, what's the badness? Like, narcissism and 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 self-serving, anything that's self-serving, a pre- uh, uh a slight predatory nature. Yeah, but I think I think the predatory nature and the narcissism and those kind of things are expressions of a benevolence that's unconscious because it's like a parent. They want to protect you. The body just goes about oh, protecting sure, yeah. you the, the in a very stupid way. Are on your side. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know? Yep. Uh, that's why it's on you to not necessarily repress them, but at least dialogue with them somehow yep. to go yeah, like, yeah. hey, you don't need to do that yep. oh, I anymore. Totally. I appreciate what you're doing. Do we have the but, same therapist? We have the same therapist. I, it's weird that the people that come to these same conclusions... Yeah, it's always that like L.A. joke because the, the therapists are all taught the same yeah. things, too. Well, I mean, that, I don't know. I mean, that that to me gets to that oh, thing about the authority again, like looking for an expert. Uh, of course. Well, I had this well, thing when I was in high school. Oedipal stuff and yeah. all that. My mom, you know, I was doing, I don't know, I was de- dealing with detachment, money and life and what I want to do with my life and all that stuff in a very like whatever zenny whatever way i don't know whatever why i don't what i said i don't know what i was i was just this kid i was this me and my mom got mad at me about it and called me like lazy or something i don't know what it was and then like a couple days later uh because i graduated high school early and i was like staying at home whatever and um and she asked me to go to the grocery store the next day and she said i want to apologize um 
I was reading Osho, and he said exactly what you said yesterday, and I'm sorry. Oh, isn't that And I was funny? like, yeah. uh, oh, fuck you, man. Like, what? Oh, because Osho said it, now yep, it's cool? Yep, I'd yep. be like, it's true. It was just as true when I said it. Sorry, I don't have like a wispy fucking oh, beard. dude, that's the thing where it's like, that's when you realize that the conversations we have where we talk at each other and mm-hmm. these sort of like circle jerk conversations, the truth of people's distaste toward them is evident in moments like that. Because you're like, you said everything that that person said and, and all the truth right. that they needed to hear, but they didn't hear you because we'll sit here and we'll be like, you know, it's about And it's like, yeah. I'm slowly figuring out that like I can sit here. What life is the tension I think of life is to to honestly feel like you have the right answer and then to just not say it and to uh, and to be there yeah. for somebody where they're at instead of being like you know what you should do is do exactly and I've had the reverse conversation where I've gone to my friends and I've gone I know what you're gonna say but I know I I'm gonna I know what you're saying is what you believed wholly to be true but yeah. I don't want to hear it right now well, and an, I know yeah. I don't want to hear it and I know that yeah so that's it's a fun that's just the nature and that, that does I guess give us a reason again why the human tribe tries to agree on some uh, authorities because who you imbue with those things are, are you do that on purpose like like fighters have coaches for a reason and they know that the coaches care about them and good coaches will know how to speak their language to motivate them you know I I, I think about this thing all the time I cite all the time about this one fighter who uh, had like hurt his leg real bad in the first round of this UFC fight and is and said uh, my leg hurts he goes my leg hurts he's like uh, George St. Pierre this you know French kid and the coach just goes look at me I don't care Go out there, work your jab, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And I just remember hearing that thing, and and in that moment, and to this day, hearing it as incredibly loving. Like, that guy loves that guy. Yep. And if that guy was just hurting or normal in the street and some stranger and stuff like that, and he hurt his legs, that that would be wrong. That would be wrong. That's not a problem. But someone who is trained with you, knows you, knows your inner voice, knows what helps you, knows what you need in this moment, is aligned with your wishes and loves that you want to win. Yeah, yeah. That's... uh, that's a different context. So we say that expert, that coach, you are allowed to say these things to me. Yep. And that's beautiful. And it should be that way. Yeah. Because I, I think that's great. And it's good to assign someone with care and love and trust. And I do think environments like that are really cool. The fact that you do the whole jujitsu thing, yeah, I think I is amazing. It. I love that. I'm fascinated by it. I think it's amazing. Uh, I want to do it at some point in the future, which yeah, is what people anytime. who are interested in things yeah. say. say. But um You'd you'd love it. I think I think you'd get a lot of it. I do think I would. I yeah. do think I would enjoy it, and I think I I would uh, get the shit kicked out of me for of a while. Of course, everybody's. I do. Yeah. Everybody does. And uh, and I think that'd be fun. And I think it'd be great. Yeah. I, I love the idea. It would change you. Fundamentally. I don't. Um, exactly. And that's why yeah. like I like those moments and going back to the coach thing of like. Did you play oh, contact sports at any other point in your life? No, I've never done. I, okay. Well, I did for a phase. I did like taekwondo when I was a kid. Sure, sure. Just curious. That okay, kind sorry. Of shit. Continue. Yeah. Sorry, but nothing that actually stuck. But um. But no, I know nothing. I know nothing. Yeah. And it'd be so fun. But the, those environments are what breed those moments of like that. It's almost like you're unco- like the coach is acting as that athletes are yeah. uh, unconscious in some way by yeah, going I, like, I don't care. And that's what you need to tell your emotions sometimes or whatever. Those little flailings. That right. You're it's just like, oh, I understand what you're saying. I don't care. And I mean that lovingly. Yeah. But we're going to this nervousness that you are is going to well, be that, that uh, I know you'll be with me on this one. This is a frustration I do have about the left and people in general and that holding of paradox reality, the failure to do that. I think we're in a, a period now, uh, even politically, like now if you're an empathetic person, people can't separate the notion that you could both not victim shame and also encourage personal responsibility like in problems. So if somebody's a, 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 yeah. a victim yeah, of yeah, circumstance yeah, yeah. or something like that, um, 
there's something considered n- not compassionate or uh, or not empathetic about offering ways that could empower themselves or take things in their own hands or, or mitigate problems or whatever. Uh, the onus is is just saying like, hey, no, try don't victim shame me. I should stop being abused this way, and that is true. You should never be injustice should be faced, but for your own personal triage day to day life yep. experience yeah, 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 of yeah. life, why I do not want to ever fully surrender my experience into the hands of someone else. Yep, yep, yep. I'm telling myself a fundamental lie by doing that. Yep, and that there is something really say, about saying like this isn't about creating a situation where I'll be able to endure the abuse more. There's a thing. Do you feel like an outsider as a person? Do you feel like an inherent deep outsiderness to who you are? Yes. Yeah. That's an interesting, I remember my therapist. I was like an alien, you know? Yeah. Pretending to be a person. At one point I never, uh, or an otherness. I'm not pretending, but trying to be. Yeah. It's a very uh, interesting thing. It's easy to talk about when you're a little uh, intoxicated, but I remember hearing that for the first time with this guy being, uh, my therapist being like, he kind of, he does a thing where he'll, he, he's a good therapist and that he doesn't do what we'll do, which is here's what you should do. And here's what the truth is. And here's what's happening. He'll just listen. And then every now and then as he'll talk, he'll kind of like throw something out. Right. And that, that's where that's I the like, best therapist. That's yeah. And I know that that's where the truth is. And one time he said that where he was just like, you ever like do this? Is that, he's like, you always feel like you're on the outside looking in. And he said all these kind of things, but it wasn't like he was like a, um, a psychic laying out yeah. four different options and then kind of going to which one I made the facial expression toward. It truly was like, oh no that was act- he was telling me something yeah. about myself and i think that there's something uh to that with a lot of these conversations because you end up going through life and being like oh there's just uh um when you when you see the good and the bad like the left doesn't and the right doesn't then it's very easy for me at least to be like i don't identify i can't i'm not going to go to most of the marches and yeah. i'm not going to go to most of the protests and i'm never and and gun control and all that stuff, I'm going to look into it and I'm probably not going to make cool tweets about it like I should. And I'm also never going to support our president. I'm not going to support the tribalism that our country is breeding. And I'm not going to support anything that um, condones anything in that area or in certain areas. And it's like, I can't agree with any of them. Like, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I, uh, there is no, I don't know. I feel lost in the mix. There's no winner in this situation. Yeah, I think the reality of, I don't know, I, I've made my uh, principles of kind of existence and morality. Dude, I remember you did a thing where you you did a post, maybe it was years ago, uh-huh. but it was a gun violence post yeah. about the fascination with guns. Yeah, and you well, articulated so well, and I don't know if you still stand by it. I do, probably. In that moment, I remember being like, oh, that is what it is. There is a... For sure, it's a sexual like attachment to guns. That's right. Like, I think it is absolutely... Men need that and to we take it from them it is violence, to take yeah. their yeah and we crave the tools of violence yeah there's something in us that loves that exactly and i think it's and great go for Liter- it this Enjoy. is so funny keep going but i remember reading that and being like oh that there's something to that and it sticks with me where when i think about the whole gun control thing i'm like you're not getting it like you right it's the same thing when i go to the the not the alt-right people but at least the um jordan b peterson tribe and i'm right. like you're you're not you're not the ben shapiro's the the yeah. hyper intelligent people well they're i'm like you, you're still not getting it. they're predicated all the any which this is now any ism any like i believe any sort of like political part whatever is fundamentally predicated on like a set of rules for how things should be and and when you do that, like you just, I don't know. My overwhelming sense a lot of the time later lately, uh, when people start to talk about 
anything that's like a normal down right down of the bachelor or something like yeah. that or yeah. you know, talk about sure whatever talking about. talking about politics and the bachelor what's the fucking difference honestly is like a feeling of just oh you think this is real like yeah. oh you think this is all that all's real and the thing you're arguing the being the numbers you're showing at me all these things it, it's like it to me the weird yeah. feeling of it the yeah. weird feeling it's of like, it oh it, you th- you believe oh this. that's and also like and you're just the the feeling to me is of uh in a relationship a romantic relationship i i have this thought that doesn't mean i don't still do it but that when you've reached the lawyering phase and i'm presenting evidence you've talked about this you yeah, know this and i funny. and i am trying to uh say oh but you said this and Remember? so that means you must feel this way and they're standing in front of you telling me, I don't, I feel this way. But you said, you yep. know, and you're doing the whole evidence presentation of evidence, seeking of guilt, that kind of thing. The relationship's done. Like you, you've missed the fucking boat. Uh, and now you're down into this weird range of saying, believing things are real and trying to argue about what's real instead of just yep. listening. That to me is the political thing too. A lot of the time, or whatever, somebody that has. Yeah, the moment yeah. you start going, we're uh, under the blah 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 blah, yeah. and you listen, you're like, you're. That's when uh, it's the it's the um, conservative version of sometimes what we fall into when we talk yeah. on this podcast, yeah. mm-hmm. which is talking around, talking at, talk and and talking, and then not being like. It's the same thing yeah. that we were talking about. It all it's all the same shit. Well, I, man. What I think is a, a thing like so guns. I'll talk. I'm gonna talk about talk my about guns for a second. Jerry, let's get, let's I'll do that. In. I'll do that. I'll take that one. Welcome to the lost um, episode of uh Yeah, probably. Let's see. Oh my good bad right now. We're doing okay, man. This we're fine. Careful, 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 careful. Um Uh yeah, I like guns a lot. I grew up really loving they're, they're, them. They're, they're fucking awesome. awesome. Have you seen that you can shoot things with them? Yeah, they're it's awesome. so crazy. I do something over here, something happens over there, there's a big sound, <laughs> there's fire, it's exciting. I feel it, dude. it's nice. It's I like, hold it It's in my remote hand. controls and fireworks mixed together. Yep. It's everything. Um, I aim at it, it makes it a game, it's fun. It's so fun. They're, they're, let me tell you something about weapons, okay? They're built to fit your body and your desires. They're built for that. They're built to feel good in your hand and to feel like a part of you and to be powerful and to give you this wielding thing over love, life and death that's what they are and i truly believe everybody who loves the to me like the people who are like it's about my right to protect myself or this or that or whatever the fuck it is and it's a political thing is written in this paper somewhere or something like that i think there's something a lot of people don't like to face and admit especially the men who love them which is um one of the the best thing about them is that they kill people and they feel good to hold and that there's something about them that does whisper to you Let's kill somebody. And that is where I think a lot of that, uh, this is where I hope a lot of people who listen to me don't listen to this ever, but the, the, um, I need this to protect myself. I have to be able to protect myself is the same as I want to be able to protect myself. That's wonderful. The moment that person comes in, guess who's got a gun and can finally feel that cold rush of killing a human being. Cause I have it. I know I want to, there's a part of me that's like, well, I would love to gun down a couple people. It, it's hard. Sometimes. Yes. Well, this is, I think, a weird thing. Not about, truly, but no, you no, know that. Like, I yes. The the hero stories in our culture of what it is to be a man, and and even let's take that out to live an adventurous, to live a full life. At some point in that narrative, most of the movies, all legendary, whatever. At some point, you kill someone. You know. Yeah. Uh, and that has to happen for you to 
be realized in the rich experience of life. And that feeling... It is an extreme that, that most men on some level, according to the John Wayne story, yep. never get to achieve. There's always the manlierness, which is a life capitalism. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah, even the pain even the pain of being able to say to people, uh, oh, you never want to feel that, man. You never want to know what that's like. All of that narrative that you get to have by killing that's someone. People, that's the same conversation people who are rich and famous say to people who aren't rich and famous. They go, what's it like being famous? And I'm like, you don't want it. I promise right. you don't want it. And every person's like, try me. Yeah. But that would and be, I'm like, like but it would be so sure. fun to be able to say all that stuff, to smoke Dude. a fucking cigarette, to be broken forever, and to say, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did that once. When, uh, you don't exactly. want to ever know that. You want to be brother. that storied, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That and, rough and, and, you tumble. know, and it's even as simple as tribes, uh, warlike tribes. And once you got blooded in combat, that's when you became a man, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That I, I think people don't want to face. And that as a, a an idea by itself this i think it's a i do fucking combat sports for this reason i think we should be able to, i love shooting guns for this reason to have that conversation with this scary thing like when there is a feeling unlike a screwdriver unlike uh, something else a knife that's for cooking um, it's beyond you that yeah. feels when you hold it in your hand does feel like it's going to of its own accord like it's meant to point at people the and pull weight the trigger. of it oh yeah and there's something about that spiritual that like in in the shape of something it's just like seeing a car that is a fast car it's shaped in a way that you go that's a car that's for going fast you know like yep. objects are imbued with their own uh, uh, intent dude you know? i had um i my roommate has a is a philosopher which many people can say that who are in college but not right. many people can but say yours that. truly is he actually is and we hang out a fair amount and at one point we were gonna go shoot guns yeah and i and i was like yeah i was like sign me it's up he was he's kind of in the same boat of like you know of course whatever we should do we should do but definitely like the same thing where it's like i'm gonna experience this like i'm gonna go shoot yeah. again and it was like that day that i or like the week after the two days after that like vegas happened yeah. or something something happened and i was like i can't yeah i was like i'm not gonna do it i was That's like for once i don't sensitive. want to yeah <laughs> I was like something, but I'm also aware that I'm not, that's a bad idea on so many levels. Like it's a bad idea to be the guy who goes to do it and doesn't feel yeah. good. Like it doesn't feel good to be like, here I am. Guns are so cool. I yeah. hope nothing bad happened. And like on yes. the heels of something. No, you feel that that's because context matters. The things that happen to our fellow humans matters. Paying attention matters. And, and I think that's the big disconnect. Yes. The problem of firearms is not completely the firearm. I'm just saying as a gun enthusiast, you're lying if part of the appeal of guns to you isn't knowing that they kill people. And and you're lying if there's not a party that says, yeah, it kind of is made for that one thing. And there is a yeah. very dark, just dark, secret, tiny honest. part of me. Just tell me, what, just, just be like, look, man, they make me feel good. Like in, instead That's of, right. instead in, of in a way whole, that is um, truly indefensible. Uh, technically, from, an assault weapon is a blah blah well, blah. That is and the all that dumbest shit. fucking shit. Yeah, and, but they, and that the, well, you know, actually, in the 1800s, assault weapon, and it, that's like that. I know, and he's a good guy, and they're all, and that's me going. I have sympathy yep. toward that that side, but uh, it's a. Uh, it, well, <laughs> it's I, like, come yeah. on, man. Give so me a break. I think that I think that that is true. Now, I also think people should, in their highest and best expression. 
be dredging up these dark things, interacting with them in safe ways, experiencing them. I love shooting. I love shooting like from a holster doing like, I have a friend who's a bodyguard who took me shooting and we did like these drills and it is fucking thrilling as martial artists to not just sit there and shoot at a thing, but someone says, and you have to move and step in front of someone and draw a fucking loaded gun. Oh, that, that's cool. You know, so cool, man. And just the notion that like I could accidentally kill someone, I got to really dial in and pay attention yeah. here. It's a profound experience. Yeah. That our nation seems to be proving is not mature enough to have. <laughs> That's how I feel, I suppose. It's a profound experience that our nation seems to be proving it's not mature enough to have. That's right. Wow, that actually, that might be... Uh that's the actual first time in this podcast so far mm-hmm. that you have actually convinced me of something. Like, and I and I only mean that in the sense of like we agree on most things, and so it's easy, yeah. easy, you know. Anyway, but then that I'm for sure latching yeah. onto. It is a profound yeah. experience that are that mo- even I don't know if I'm mature enough to handle. I am like, and I know I wouldn't do right. anything bad with a gun ever, but um. Like, try me. I like knowing that I, I have... If I had a gun, I would like knowing I had it. More more yeah. maybe than actually having it. I still want one. I mean, I, technically I own one. Uh, there's like this yeah, shotgun thing. on the wall, yeah. which is a real gun. It's like 100 years old. I bought it when I was at the... Uh, was I was a butcher. And um, I was became a butcher because I had never hunted or been close to that. I wanted to really... That thing's 100 years old? In 1918, I think. Wow, it looks like it's 1988 like or something. It's a Winchester the, Model 12. The thing, the chamber, the what do you... Went, uh, Remington 870. But what's the name of the thing? The slide. The slide. The grip that you like. The that you, you know, yeah. That the grip. Pump. That grip. Know. The pump. Whatever. It looks like something from the 80s. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, it's the that old. Mossberg 870 and the Winter, uh, Remington. No, Remington 870. The Mossberg 500 are very similar. They're all kind of modeled the same thing. They stopped making the Winchester Model 12. Um, but it was made in 1912 and I checked the serial number. I looked it up cause I bought it used and it is like 1918. I think it was made. Have you fired it? I haven't. I know it has been fired because I took it to get refurbished and like fixed and they shoot yeah. it before they give it back to you. Um, but I've never shot it. It just sat in my closet for the longest time. And, um, when now are you going to shoot there. it? What, what are you going to, when are you going to shoot it? I don't know if I will ever shoot that gun. I don't, I don't know if I really want You're to. You're going to die having never shot that gun, huh? I, you know what? Probably it will end up getting shot at some point, but there's no ammunition for it in my house even, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't own a gun. I, I, I was very close to buying a gun, uh, earlier this year. Similarly had that thing with you, uh, that you had where some, another shooting happened and I was just like, man, I don't want to be that person. I don't yeah, want to yeah. do that. And that, um, Man, I do see them as tools. And also as somebody who is, I, I don't like the idea of making myself helpless. I do think that good people, uh, because I'm a conspiracy theorist, nut job, I'm like, I thought, I think society's going to collapse. And I would rather um, in the post-apocalypse that not just the maniacs who are fantasizing about bloodlust now are the ones that survive. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um I always thought that about like my friends, like people who are really funny well, and sensitive. Kind of like were like, a, I don't even want to live in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And you're like, no, you have to, because otherwise the world will have nobody funny and sensitive and interesting in yeah, it. Yeah, it's just a bunch of yeah, but anyway, too seriously taking themselves, people. Owning gun, um, the gun thing. That but one. I'm interested why you don't, why you've never shot it or had any kind of uh, uh, that one. I don't know. It's I don't know. It's a shotgun. It's just nice and kind of old and. I don't. I don't know. I, I didn't really go shooting for. It. I was always like the intention, but then like, you know, when do you find the weekend? You, when are you um, gonna do the thing? You know. Did you mean to say shopping? But you said shooting. No, no, no. I meant like shooting. Like I mean, like I didn't really go shooting for it. 
Oh no, I mean, I just didn't go shooting. Like I didn't like have an oh, event where like okay. there was an opportunity. I thought you, know? you were saying I didn't really go shopping for it, and then you said shooting, and I wondered if there was like fun Freudian thing no, there. That's funny. No, oh. I mean shooting, hey. shopping. I yeah. Sometimes a gun's just a gun. Sometimes a gun's just a gun. Well, let's I, talk yeah, about capitalism. Well, hold on, hold on. Do okay. you want to come back to capitalism? Let's, well, let's wrap up the gun thing. That, let's that wrap thing up the gun. Maybe that was the end of it. Maybe that's a good spot where you said, yeah, that it's it's a very profound, uh, essential experience that we should. That all humans deserve but I feel to feel the drive for, and I can't encounter. judge anybody. And yeah. I'm totally, I'm mixed on all of that. But which stuff. I truly I, believe that we're not capable of having, and also I'm not a believer in doing nothing because oh, all things are just equal. And uh, the fact that we haven't tried to like just fucking I know, get rid of them. That part is where I'm 100 um, like. Well, let's yeah. give it a go. You know, hey, let's fucking like, give if that you look a go. At the facts from blah blah blah. No, the, because I do the nation think, of blah blah. I'm like, let well, let's yeah. see what we do. Yeah, it's it's despite the thing that I said that it does whisper to you like, let's go kill some people. So uh, most people are completely capable of like, yeah, that gun can't override you know my will. That? To that to that note, here's what I'm gonna say that I think we tend to forget, and I think this is gonna be one of those moments where I sound a little simple, and that's great. I like it. I think that we're Americans. Right. And Americans have a rebellious nature in us. Well, and a murderous one. And a murderous, horridly murderous. Mm-hmm. Also a very altruistic nature. And especially a very, like, brethren sort of, like, we have a high rate of, um, our patriotism is is, mm-hmm. is off the charts. Sure. Um, I do think that there's something to be said for, like, when it comes to Americans owning guns, mm-hmm. it's a different battle than other countries because we yeah. are born out of rebellion and, uh, and we have a rebellious spirit and we have a F you where America, these yeah. colors don't bleed kind of thing. I agree. And so I think it's uh, I, it, but I think those colors don't bleed. I think there's truth to that. Like yeah. there's, when I go and I see war monuments and like what this nation has done and like the, the veterans and the, the sacrifices that have been made, it I do think it's beautiful. <laughs> and I uh, I don't mind it. I, and I think it uh, applies to the gun thing where when, when it comes to gun rights, you're dealing with a, a, a type of people in the American gun owning, the average American gun owner yeah, may not know that they enjoy the thrill of killing a human being. That's right. Or they may not confront it on a conscious level. They may not. But they also might unconsciously be altruistic and sweet and good and 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 yeah. and whole and fulfilled and i think that's where uh where my disconnect happens i think the, that's true i do think that people who live in cities and such and whatever don't truly understand the context of a gun just being part of everyday life it would be like like i went to uh like i go to new york right and uh totally cosmopolitan liberal whatever city but weed's illegal and you're like or chicago and you're like that's insane yeah like, that that has reached the point that I was like, if you went to some state or city and they're like, you can't have beer in the whole state. It's not legal to have beer. It does feel that way. You would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it would just be so insane. This Dude, I was in Indian when I was in Indianapolis. Yeah. I was in an Uber. I was like, so weed here. And like, oh no 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 no. Yeah. And I was like, wait. I was like, so I could like get like arrested. Yeah. And yes. they were like, isn't that? Oh, you would immediately get yeah. arrested and tried and convicted. And I was like, holy the crap. The idea that something so <laughs> innocuous and nothing and like whatever oh, was adorable. Would, could arbitrarily be like, you're going to jail. We're going to ruin yeah. your life for this. Yeah. You're done. Makes no fucking sense. And does elicit in you some kind of like cosmic injustice where if that yeah. were going on, you would be like, what the fuck? Fuck, fuck you. You can't do that. That's I'm a sovereign being. Yeah. You're, you know, 
Uh, and I think that liberals and people who don't grow up with guns, which I did not, but I've seen, and I, I think don't understand that it's that for so many people. Yep. Yep. You're yep, trying yep. to ban beer right now. You know what I mean? That is what it is. Yeah. yeah. You're, that's a great analogy. It's, and so that's it's, like an impossible it's that divide way with to cross. so much of our political discourse because yeah. the people who, like my father, who I struggle with his political beliefs because he's sort of trump uh supporter to a degree that yeah. i'm not or can't even relate to yeah. at all do you are you, you're not though right no god no <laughs> <laughs> um, i think i just to protect you i'd like to put that out there no, yeah I mean, definitely it, that, protect that's me. not even a political thing that's like come the fuck I, anyway I'm, I'm against him on a level that is um guttural and spiritual and it yes. hasn't always been that way because there's a nihilist in me that has enjoyed his antics um, of course and i and i i like his i like the showmanship i i there i, I yeah. like the absurdity dude i like that the same way i like billionaires going to the mars and shit like that uh to be frank yeah. because I, I like it up until the point where there's some hard realities of like the mortality caused by their yeah. buffoonery that also, makes I'm, me i'm against so much of what the left does and stand for that or not what they stand for but at least how they enact it that i'm totally really i i there's a part of me that's a little bit of a uh we've talked about this a little bit but the 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 zizek thing of like um oh that should uh, all be just dissolved and well there, there are, you, are you talking about neoliberal establishment or like neoliberals you, and the um I, I believe that there needs to be an actual leftist movement that that's is correct powerful. i agree the socialist kind of a, an actual genuine leftist yes. agenda I, there needs yeah. to be something that's like here's what we're going to do things are going to change and yeah. they're going to change now yeah and in order for that to happen it wouldn't have happened with Hillary and that's all I'll that's say correct that, okay right? yes so that that becomes very confusing because most yes liberal left when we say left it's going back and forth when I uh, anyway I this think is I, off topic we're I think I'm I'm pretty insanely left to a level that that's I, right I agree with a lot of the right right <laughs> like I think uh, I'm so left that yeah. I'm like I see where you're coming from I okay you're fascist basically uh, no. Or you lean towards fascism? No, I don't lean toward fascism, <laughs> and I don't lean toward anything like that. I'm at a place where I think that I think the left has failed, and I think the right has failed, and so I go, oh, well, I know yeah. the left, and they failed. I do think a divide so has become, know. just in terms of vocabulary, a divide is expressed now between left and liberal. That Ye- left is like yeah. the true, empathetic, uh, compassionate human Maybe. tribe. I actually, I, 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 liberal. Liberal is not? Is like the Democrat the Democrats. Yeah. I, um, I really, I really think Democrats are, um, very, very garbage. They're very bad. I, yeah. I am in very strong agreement with that. I think they're very bad. I they're know, very bad, um, but I, I truly don't like the killing of people. You know, that's a, that's well, that my, that's one of my big you. stances. Yeah. Uh, Ugh, you know, it's always something. And, uh, man, Democrats love to bomb people as much as anyone else. Uh, you know, that's, you that's feel my like big you're thing. supposed to try to be funnier. Do you feel like we're, we should be trying? To no, be this is not f- about being funny. I know, but I feel like every now and then I'm like, just say something snarky. Nah, it's just being people. You should feel that pressure. That's fine. I understand that. I think that's a, you that's get a where it's I think from. that's a generous thought to have because yeah, you, you're like, I don't know. It's a million things. It's an escape hatch maybe from the seriousness we're talking about, but mostly I think it's the, in, the performer's inclination to consider the listener and say, I want to make sure they're having a good time. Consider the listener. That's a nice thing. Yeah. That's what um, it is. But I'm not worried about it because I really don't know what the fuck this is going to be. This this one is, I'm really, I'm fucking loving it. And so I don't know. I think it's great. I think it could be either your best episode or the one that's you know definitely what? not heard at hey, all. Hey, here's going to be a hot take. Sizzling hot, hot off the griddle. Let me hear it. Take, okay? Podcasting. It's like sex. Okay. When you worry too hard about trying to please the other party, you're just not doing it right. And hey, if you feel good... And you're really liking it? That's probably some good sex the other person's having too. Do you know what I mean, though? 
just writing this down. I just don't even know. I might be just, just writing it. Down. No- oh, you need to take the notes on the. Um- Jared yeah, no, said, no. "When love making." Yeah, take take Hang what on. you want. Hang take on. what you want. I got it. People like it. Don't try too hard to please. Here's the craziest thing. Because if you try to, that feeling you have when <laughs> you're a partner trying to be Gary Shandling. No, yeah, mm-hmm. the satisfaction that you feel when you make a partner climax. Mm-hmm. They feel that too, for you. I know, isn't that crazy? Isn't that fucking crazy? Mm-hmm. Man, realizing that is like, oh, it's freeing. It's wonderful. We're wonderful, dirty people. Like humans, just little, like, you know, living in the I mud. know, it's a little snivelly thing. I fucking love thinking about that. I love thinking about it. We're just full of guts, you know? <laughs> that like, And sometimes we like leak. <laughs> like you're just full of all this fucking goop and then you got to pee and poo it sometimes. Or that's like you where, cut yourself. That's where my, Dude, come on. my yin-yang diagram comes from. Yeah. Like we are mostly goop and guts and disgust. And every now and then we're like, God dang, sunsets are beautiful. Yeah, it's like life is a is a long journey of just trying to keep most of the goop and guts inside for as long as possible. Well, let's figure this out. I think you have you thought about editing this. Let's go off record. Maybe, but I have really no hard. idea let's how I'll edit record. it. Are you gonna? Are you thinking about not using this episode? Because I totally get it, and I I'm won't be think, offended. No, I don't. I don't know. I know. This one's so off the so rails. What if you did a thing where you first of all you could include commentary about the episode? Of course, which would be insane. I'm going to. No, it's never been done on Good Bad Brain. My Good Bad Brain has never done this before. And have you thought about editing it? Because there's some parts where that no one should hear. <laughs> like, for sure. And for their own sake, it's not just, because it's scandalous, but because it's so... It's, I know. It's us Th- that's being, what I'm trying to figure. I mean, maybe. That's a possibility. That's a possibility. It's a strong possibility. Are you an editor? Do you know how to yeah, go Yeah, I can do all that. I'm an engineer all myself. We'll see. I would never put someone else through this. Oh, my God. I mean, I will put all the listeners through this who are listening right now. But, I mean, I would never... Whatever make an ends up being, it, it, it's a product you put th- people through. But, yeah. I worry about... D- this is going to be like... Did you listen to that Sam Harris-Jordan uh, Peterson interview, their first one, where they, like, spend no, two I- and a half hours having, like, an ontological argument or something about, like... Um, what truth is yeah no I, I i know that that's what happened and i didn't listen to it for that very reason. i did and i found it fascinating which is like just just the you know the, the conversation that goes the nowhere i just like yeah i don't know i um especially when they're two heavy hitters who you think should be able to be like hang on we're not really talking yeah about I, I do think i do find jordan peterson to be disingenuous or intellectually dishonest at some level but i can't really give like a ton of like examples of it it's i love like a, a lot of what peterson says i you know he uh i think he he says a lot of good things oh really yeah but i, I don't I, really know i don't I, i'm not i think i've heard some of it and it seems like pretty basic like yeah these are fine he's like a psychi- psychologist and yeah to, it's know. very it's basic it's pick yourself up by the bootstraps kind of especially if we're a generation of males who don't have that and I think that's helpful. Well, I think but, that's probably why he's weaseling in as this character now that everybody's yes, like, oh. And now the character has taken over and it's a little Milo Yiannopoulos thing where it's, Ugh. there's a brand and there's a company and there's a thing and it's sure. I see what's happening and it's great, but it's like, oh, I, this is what, this is when he, it all, I think there's a, actually a debate between him and Zizek scheduled and I'm so excited. Oh, I would, I would be interested in yeah, that. Yeah, Zizek, I'm like, I love more than anything. I, I would check out Zizek because I've heard other, I've heard him reference on other podcasts and people that I like and they're usually making a joke about it, but they take the piss out of everybody. So I, I'm, but I'm curious to hear. People I'm not, take the piss I, I am not an accelerationist. I think I've, I, we've had that argument yes, at some point. Have. I don't and believe I, in that at and all. And I, I don't think it's accelerationism to, to, to readily assess the inadequacy of the left. Well, I do agree with current. that. I totally agree with that. I just meant like the people who are like, you should vote for Donald Trump. And I no, know no, of course not. That's of what I meant. Not. Like taking that never in a million like, years would I say vote for Donald Trump so that it escalates a leftist agenda. I think it's dumb and weird. And honestly, I think it's kind of like, 
you want to talk about circle jerking? That's like some circle jerking shit where yeah. you're like, oh, I'm going to vote for the, I'm so hip. That's hipster shit where you're that's like. That's hipster shit. That's grotesque. I don't, I just don't believe in that. But I do think that Trump winning could be, I think it's interesting. because It like, might end up happening. It could it might be end the up- best thing that happens for a left. And it's happening. Like I've told him, yeah. I texted my mom and I was like, I'm out. I was like, just so you, in case there was any clarification, I will net whoever is running against this man. Yeah. Next, I'm voting against, and yeah. I want that to be known. And she was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, good. Yeah, of course. And she's very. Yeah. She's Republican. Yeah. She's a, you I, know. I think the analogy I came up with for that, and we talked through it before, but I think it's worth repeating. Is like, it's very easy to start convincing yourself of the necessary evil or some shit when you're like, well, everything worked out better because it got so fucking bad, but. Just morally, that's a f- always going to be a failing, yeah. and bullying is the best way to look at it. Is like you know, bullying very arguably makes you better or something. Not no, that's wrong. It is possible that you could become a bigger person because of the way you dealt with bullying. Mm-hmm. You could become, and without the stimulus of that bullying, which is does not inherently make people a better person. Oh but my god, dude! Could I've had this response. conversation with buddies of mine who I'm like, some of my best friends are like, don't assume. That because we've talked about hardship, especially in comedy and yes. the world of comedy, right? The idea of a hardship or a trauma or something like that is something that's that's common, but I don't believe it's inherent because yeah. I think that there's a thing that happens where we assume, and we do this a lot with bullying because bullying yeah. became this hot subject like seven years ago, yeah. And people are like you can't bully, and then all these other people are like no, bullying is a good thing because it gives you character, yeah, and that's it's absurd. neither. Yeah, it's completely all like. All of it boils down to whether or not you actually take what you have yeah. and use it for good and use it to like grow yourself. Well, but yeah, I, don't I do. Believe. I do think that I it's perfectly fine and comfortable and true to say bullying is inherently bad in this, you know, in the sense as defined by what I believe bullying is commonly accepted to be, which is the relentless predation uh, on a on a weaker party by a stronger one. Yeah, but I, saying something is bad, I wouldn't like. I don't think it means it's not common and ubiquitous. Like I think well, that's it's inescapable. I think it. I think it's maybe inescapable. Either way, it's cruel and it's awful. Of course, and totally uh, a bad thing. And we know. And basically, I'm saying, if you knew that a child would become a better person later because of getting ruthlessly bullied, would you? You still wouldn't, given the choice, say, "Yeah, fucking ruthlessly." Let's have more ruthless bullies out there. I know. There. I've heard stories about that. Of like my father, you know, went through a hard time. So he like made sure that I went through the same type of time. Yeah. And like, that that's like a common thing. Where well, it's like, I think it's part of a grander illness where we convince ourselves we're doing the right thing just to like work out our pathologies. But I just truly believe that really just boils down to hurt people, hurt people, heal people, heal people. Yeah, yeah. That all we do is we, we don't repeat our traumas. Uh, we might convince ourselves like, because it was me, it was good for me. I turned out this way. You just have to convince yourself the way you are is good. Like, you know what I mean? I turned out this way, so this is the good way to be. I'm going to recreate it. You know, that presupposes that you truly think that you turned out a good way. That's right. And and I think that's just a coping mechanism. You have to do do that. I, I don't know. I don't, not particularly to be honest right now. I used to think for sure. I really want to be a dad. I I like how old are you people? I'm 32. 32. But I, I, uh, now it's, there are so many people, there's so much stuff to love. I, you know, that needs that stuff. And I don't know that we need more people. And sometimes the idea of it is just like, what world am I going to bring them into? And why would I do that? And, uh, and as I get older and enjoy, you think it's a bad world. I don't, I don't ever buy that. I think it's a bad, I don't think it's a bad world. Like I, I don't, I don't, I love like, the I world. If people are like, oh, this world, I'm going to bring a child. It's just like, of course, this is the world you know. I don't, there's something about it, the attachment-y stuff about it that I'm like, 
there's something funny. I can't explain it. It's not the simple idea of just it's your ego expressing itself. There's just no part of me that's just like thinks it's uh, especially precious and magical that you've done that. That yeah. you you know, it to me it feels more like a thing that happens or not. I used to well, joke that, about oh, it like yes. rats. You just have them, and then like you know they survive or they don't. I don't know. Like there, you know, if it happens, it'll be part of my life. But it's weird to me to think about that. It would be the defining factor of my totally. Organism. But to, uh, apart from the the it being the defining factor and it being this expectation and grandiose thing. Like I don't buy into the, this world. Um, like, uh, I, how cruel would it be for me to bring in a child to this chaotic, like Trump is the president. How can uh, I ever get pregnant? I want to kill myself. Who yeah. Well, shit? I mean, I, the Trump's the president thing I thought about the other day, I was like, Hey, say what you will about that fucking dude. Uh, he hasn't killed like a million Iraqi civilians yet. You know, that's funny. And like, wow. uh, not as a joke even, but just that reality of like, we don't care. What we care about is an aesthetic or something that offends our ideas of propriety more than we care about actual mortal oh, consequences Oh, no one gives a crap choices. about Obama. Nobody like, gives a crap about Obama. What Nobody he gives actually a shit did about, and the like, bad stuff that he everyone's did. Everyone's like, man, oh, we're missing George Bush. Like, George Bush is on screen, like, you know... And he presided over uh, decisions that did that. And even while saying that, I think in reality, I understand that he's just somebody who hold accountable and should be held. Like, somebody should be held accountable. But that he was just a person in these hallways and stuff. And he doesn't have a connection to the yep. choices murdering millions. No, I nobody, shook his hand. I shook, I've yeah. shook uh, George W. Bush's hand. I just hand think hand. it's weird that like that person's like a, we had, we a joke. It's funny. It's cute. You know, Trump will like, make some fucking pottery after he like nukes Pakistan or whatever. Or, no, it would be Iran, not Pakistan. That kind of Syria. Word. You know what I mean? Like it, I don't know. You just you well, can't escape. It's like, well, let's talk about capitalism because that is attached to this thought. And I think the thought of what is so infuriating about the thing you're saying about the fifty-five million dollar check that will you know that a billionaire could just shit out or whatever is like. I think people at a certain level of money when it becomes a number, and I think billionaires truly. Are, the, this is the analogy. I, I think that is the truest one for me. That in my perception is it's like giving blood is like, um, I don't give blood every day. I don't, or every, what, two weeks platelets, every two months if you give whole blood. I don't do it every time I can. I try to, actually. It is something I try to keep everybody. Nice. But I forget. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't. It just doesn't occur to me. And most people who never give blood are walking around with all this blood that other people could use and need all the time. Children's hospital, they need it all the time. It just doesn't occur to them that they have a thing that other people could really use to stay alive. They just have it. That's their existence. It doesn't seem strange to them because people are only an expression of their experiences, you know? Uh, and so when you talk about the ultra wealthy, the generational wealth, it's not so much people who become billionaires immediately, but the generational wealth that offends people. I think that's the closest thing of like ignorance, not malevolence is like, it doesn't occur to them that it would really make a difference to you if you had one month of rent. You know what I mean? Just to get ahead of the rat race. Yeah. And I think a lot of the billionaire stuff, the frustration becomes the disconnect that people have from these imaginary numbers they see on, on, you know, that they've accumulated or that we read in the paper or see on, on digital uh, ticker tape machines, the disconnect of that from the reality of someone's uh, heat getting shut off and not being able to afford food and being like just their whole life being anxiety when you bump into somebody's bumper because you're like, oh, I fucking knew it. I couldn't pay yeah, my yeah, insurance yeah. premium this month. You know what I'm saying? And that, that the results in genuine life I or wondered, death changes. I wonder if the thing that I don't get is I don't think I could ever become a billionaire. I think if you gave me, if you were like, we're going to give you a million dollars a month. You couldn't. I don't think I could do it. I think I would keep myself. I would keep myself from it happening. You probably would. If you gave me a paycheck, 
that account that if I just lived a normal life, I would end up being a billionaire. I don't think I would do it. That is the one. You wouldn't be able to maintain it. You're saying you said you figure out a way to dissolve it. I'd get it? out of it. I would get the fuck out. Ah. Of it. Yeah, I would spend it. And and also, I don't. I know about myself that I don't treat money seriously. Yeah. And I don't view it as the thing that because um, I've gone through a little bit of a rough time in my life, and I know money wise with finances, and I know like inherently that I just don't give a shit. Like I know, because I know that a lot of the rough patches that I've been in have been a result of circumstance, but also a lot of them have been a result of me truly not giving a shit. And if I want to have fun with somebody or impress them or like spend time with them or spend money on them, I absolutely will. And I know that, that, that I know, I think that if I were making a shit ton of money, I would just do the exact same thing. I would, I know Mm -hmm. right now, that if I what I would do is take people to expensive dinners all the time exactly <laughs> you know, make my friends all go yeah. out to dinner well, you know? yeah make my friends go to dinner and take them out and like have a good time and do it in a way that's not like showy like I'm not wouldn't be trying to like be like look at me now but I feel very no. I feel very inherently indebted to a lot of the people in my life and I think that if I had a chance to like pay that debt back I don't think I would stop like I think I would spend a yeah, lot you a large portion of my life being like Here's yeah. He let me the show God's you plan video, the Drake God's plan music video. No, no, uh-uh. that's what he did. Like the music video, it's great. It's fucking great, man. You'll just cry if you watch. It's just oh, undeniable. Bet, yeah. But basically, the thing is, text on the screen says the label gave us nine hundred something, ninety seven, you know, thousand dollars to make this video. We gave it all away, and the video is just him giving away money, big and small. Being like, some of it's like the best. My favorite ones are like, he's in a grocery store and just gets on the PA and is like, everyone in the store, buy whatever you want. We got it. That's amazing. Yeah, and like some of it's like giving a big check to a school for like twenty five grand for this thing or whatever. Some of it's like this family and they're just giving them some stacks of cash. They got their kids there. Some of it's like just some teenage girls going on a shopping spree. And to me, the thing of being like, it's not about like we're giving it to a charity for this thing. It's like the changing power of just a simple generosity and a low level of needs being met. That can be truly life saving. Yeah, truly. Like even just getting a month's worth of groceries. Like people who have never been in the true ch- paycheck to paycheck, the true rat race of, uh, of minimum wage and trying to like work overtime and all those things and never being able to get ahead. Wage slavery, true, true like wage well, slavery. It, I don't think you understand how much you can just by giving them a month of breathing time to maybe get an idea together to express themselves and get things they want in the yeah, world yeah. can change your whole Because a lot life. of that becomes like, well, if I do that, it's like teach a man to fish and he'll, yeah, you know, all that though. shit. Yeah. But the problem is like what you don't realize is you don't really need to teach people to fish. That's right. Like, people already know how to fish. Otherwise, right. yeah, so it's like if you go, uh, instead of being like, um, well, I'm, I don't want to give them this money because it'll just result in the same thing. What they don't get is that the moment you have that money and the moment you're like, I can feed my family and I can pay for my rent, yep. it opens up your brain That's into right. being like, oh, I can do this, 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 all those other options become available that yeah. you're totally blindsided right. by because when you don't have money, you're, you're tunnel vision. And you're like, I've, in my experience has been like, I could be writing better jokes if I was not stressed out about this. Well, and there, it's not always money, but when it is, I'm like, if I had a little bit of money and yeah. I felt it, I've That's, gone, I felt it like four days ago where yeah. I'm like, okay now. And I wrote, I've written like six jokes since then. And I'm like, there's something to be said for when you have your basic needs met, you operate at a better standard than if you didn't that is 
Absolutely true. I completely agree with Great. that. I think there's we an finally, American. We finally agree yes, on something. I think there's an uh, American myth, but is is a lie in general. The pick up by the bootstraps myth to me is the one that says all people thrive under defiant sort of like you can't do this. Good fucking luck, sink or swim attitude. That all oh, prove them wrong is kind of like the ability to like like put them throw them all in yeah, there. Yeah. The toughest will survive, and that that's how we get the best results in society. That's like free market kind of doggy dog you know? kind of Darwinism. Yeah. And I think that is. So fucking untrue. And we hold up, uh, you know, the one person who succeeds. See, if they did it, we can do it. But if you truly created uh, an air of... I know some people do thrive under that, that kind of anxiety. I think they're just limited. I think more often than not, something that nobody likes to acknowledge is that if you give people space, allowance, comfort, say, hey, you're okay. You're going to be provided for and you don't have to do... You don't have to do anything, but now you are allowed to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. That's when people fly. I really think that. When, when you face somebody with like, you can't do it, when you give them instead like, I know you can do this, because that's what happens with me. People... I, I rely sometimes on the outside visions of others to have an idealized... Because I don't always have a good picture of myself. And if someone who loves me and believes in me gives me that idea of myself, oh, yeah. I will fulfill that. Yep. But I kind of am susceptible to fulfilling the idea of me as a fucking monster yeah, I also. I think there's only like, I think we're like these little like pine cone things. We have all these little channels in us that are like, oh, if they, and most of them are plugged up half the time. And a lack of money plugs up more than any of them. Like more than like relationship yeah. stuff, more than heartbreak. Heartbreak op- probably yeah. opens a ton of them. Yeah. But like if you view your brain and your existence as just this like honeycomb of like shit that needs yeah. to be cleared out, then just allowing people space and giving them the freedom to feel comfort it allows them to operate yeah. on that level where you're like oh there's your genius there's your truth and there's yeah. your your morality there's all these things that you didn't get a chance to experience because you were too busy working nine to five so that you could yeah. pay for x y and z so of course you're going to vote for x y yeah. and z i think the truth of the socialist leftist fantasy of the world view of the world and, and at the very least i will describe mine is not one that has anything to do with a lack of freedom, like limiting people's ability to excel or get to the highest fucking peaks. All they want to do is raise the floor so that nobody is allowed to go hungry, homeless, die because of an illness that can be cured. Because that's where the artists are. That's where the beauty is and the love and the things that actually matter. If we made that available to more people, the, the whole history would move forward in such an enormous way if people weren't trapped in that thing. I truly believe that. I agree. And you would also leave room that, yes, we're not saying everybody deserves to have a fucking mansion or that there won't be mansions anymore. We're saying all it is is everybody deserves a a certain amount of space, sovereignty, dignity, uh, and respect. Because I will say I want the mansion and I do want the... That's right. But you should be... Everyone will be allowed to try to get the mansion. Yes. But I also want... I want the option to have more than other people. That's I know correct. that's bad. No, 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 no. But I do want it. That's I want fine. to go like, which is like, yeah, exactly. And I think that as long as well, that is preserved and the sense of competition is allowed, I think, and legit, yeah, then I think you're in a good place. I would argue with you that you don't even really think that that you don't really want more than other people. You just want the opportunity to have more for yourself. Because yes. I don't, you, yeah, you don't, don't care about the superior feeling yeah, that yeah. they have less than you, which yeah, some people do. You got to do that. Is that your thing? You think? I think I got to check it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can take the this. We're still talking. We're talking. We are still talking about money and how it is just so toxic and so important in our current paradigm. 
Uh, I'm still the here. The floor. The ability to express yourself. That's what I think. That's what I'm getting at. Competition. I used to make a joke with uh, an ex who hated the idea of competition and stuff like that. And I would say, oh, but with, uh, without competition, we'd have no losers. Because I knew that that was what she was focused on. That was the idea that competing creates harm, creates people who are wounded and lose and lose out. But if you were in a society where the lowest floor you could fall and losing wasn't a bad thing, you went out there and tried, it's not a shameful thing, but that you you would still, uh, you would love competition for what most people who love competition love it for, which is it pushes us to these heights. You see these amazing triumphs. You're right, you're right. That's the most articulate, that's such, that's such an articulate way to put it. Yeah. What I long for, and I I love that. Thank you. I believe what I long for and what we're capable of is a society in which we both celebrate victory without punishing loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the losers can be punished a little bit, though. Yeah, that's like a true. Little. Hey, fucking get it. Because maybe if it hurts a little at the bottom, you won't stay there that long. Right, exactly. And then our GDP will rise, you know? Yep. And then if you feel a constant interior fear and anxiety and pressure, I'll get more money. I'm and I'll get out. more money than my dad had. And that son of a bitch, <laughs> he always held that over me. But I'm bigger than that I'm asshole. I'm bigger than him, and now that he's gone, and I'm still haunted by his memories, even though I waited for a very long time for him to pass away so that I could be who I truly was, I'm still to this day. Dude, I've experienced some weird shit where, speaking of like, that was just a joke about how even after people yeah. are died, we're still haunted by their memories, so it doesn't really matter, even though, yeah, all that shit. But yeah. like, um, I so, okay. Speaking of shadow people, to come full circle. Yep. If I may. I like the segue from fathers to shadow people, yes. which I believe is appropriate. Well, yeah, and the segue is is the, the um, I don't remember. But anyway, I had the shadow person thing. <sighs> sorry. I'm so sorry. It's all right. It's, uh, you know what it is. You, you already know what it you is. You know what it is. Had to do it to him. God's plan. Um... <laughs> it is this is the thing now i hope you're feeling the pressure of my gaze as i say oh wow i better keep talking because yeah. people are gonna have the silence he Could asked I a good question silence? he asked one of those questions that made me go like mm, that's of a good question of course i can Listen, edit the silence so i had a um a thing where okay shadow people yeah so there's shadow people and then i had a grandmother who passed away okay Called mm-hmm. her Nanny, one of my favorite mm-hmm. people in the world. Uh, beautiful lady. She, I'm not big into like the haunted stuff. I'm very mm-hmm. cynical of it. In fact, I can't express, even as I say this, how sincerely I don't believe what I'm about to tell you. I will tell you that what you're doing right now is something I would associate as an Elliot Morgan trademark of someone who is determinedly cynically intellectual and constantly telling me, I'm not the kind of person who would be this spiritual thing. But here's what I have to tell you is my truth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually, you said that after the fundamentalist podcast. I did. You something about that's weird. That's funny. It's just something about me being like the guy who like acts like it's all dark, but secretly knows it's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're just a very spiritually centered being. Oh, that's very sweet. Who has learned perhaps to defend yourself from the actual reality you live in or wade through it. Uh, I protect my spiritual center. With intellect. I don't That's know. beautiful. That's anyway, nice. sorry anyway, not to get all weird me, and meta. Back to my grandmother. Please. So when my grandmother passed away, 
and this is not something I enjoy talking about, so I'm going to gloss over it very quickly. But okay. the long story short is that she, I knew she was going to go away, and yep. I flew from L.A. to Florida, obviously, yep. and uh, missed her by about three minutes. She she exited okay. the world in about a three-minute span. I was very uh, upset about it because I didn't get a chance to get by. So all that to be said, uh, she... Um, when I was married, there there was a string of photos across my dining area mm-hmm. and, or a bar area. And um, one of them was me and my nanny. I got one of those photos during the separation uh, slash divorce that I went through. And I hung it up in the apartment that I lived at in North mm-hmm. Hollywood. One day that thing, that thing fell off the wall, shattered on the floor, broke. And the person I was seeing at the time said, you know, maybe your place is haunted. I said, ha ha. Ha ha, I don't believe such things, mm-hmm. right? And then I, I put that picture, that shattered frame on my um, refrigerator. And just to, like, because I'm a procrastinator, I was like, I'll fix it one day. Of course, yeah. I never fix it. Right. Year goes by, I don't give a shit. I'm living there by myself, who gives a shit? So I go to move, and I'm like, I'm going to redo these frames. I bought new frames, yeah. and it's a different size photo. So it's like, I'm going to reprint this photo. I'm going to throw out all of these photos that I have that are this size, because I no longer have a need for them. Yeah. So I grabbed all the other photos off the wall and the shattered photo of my grandmother, went into the chute to dump them out. And as I did, my grandmother's photo, again, falls off of... The the stack it gets crazier mm-hmm. mr jared sleeper yep. shatters on the ground when i pick it up i find in the frame a photo of my dad when he was like four years old and um old original photo from like the like originally developed or whatever and i was like okay i was like well this is a story for sure. And mm-hmm. then it becomes a story. And I start telling people about the story and I start being like, isn't this crazy? And people go, Oh yeah, that's so crazy. Then I go to the beach. I go to the beach every year in Florida mm-hmm. and I'm talking to, to my family there and I love them dearly. And they're the best family in the world. And I start talking to a cousin of mine who starts explaining some other story about my nanny and about being like, Hey nanny, like I'm going through this thing. And lo and behold, something literally falls off of her, uh, furniture and shatters and is like this thing of like, Oh, okay. That's very strange. And so then I'm in Indianapolis like two weeks ago. I'm hanging out with my brother and I'm telling the stories. And my brother goes, dude, when we were moving out of Maui, um, we were, we, cause my brother and sister-in-law are moving from Maui back to Florida. And, uh, he was like, when we were leaving, uh, as I was throwing away a stack of things, uh, one of Nanny's um, photos fell out of the stack and, and, and smashed on the floor. And I was like, okay, now I'm in like, I'm fully in. And like, it took one time of like just shattering me putting on the fridge. Another time of shattering me finding my dad's, uh, photo, Mm. um, uh, the story from other relatives. And that's just one. There's multiple beyond that. And my brother being like, then when we were moving out of Hawaii, which we've wanted to do for however long. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Because a part of me is like, these weird things happen. It's coincidences. It's around this person. But then another part of me is like, no, something's up. And I know there's something. And I don't know what it is, but it's crazy, right? Yeah. Isn't that fun? It is. Yeah. Again, like with the deja vu thing, the shadow people thing, these experiences are so impossible to ignore and so universal and i think it's really amazing that we just kind of go huh i mean yeah. i had grandparents dude they 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 live in you they live in you you're literally parts of them that are still here you know and uh i mean my grandfather when he passed away i remember being at his uh funeral there's an urn they're burying this urn and they're burying the urn in the ground and they're putting the dirt back over it and i 
heard him. I I I talked. I was a kid. I was teenager of some kind i don't know and i just was like i'm sorry i can hear him in my head he you know i said god damn it you're not building you're not digging the hole deep enough it's you know and he was always like that like he was always like he was always like uh there's a right way to do things you you know he's so meticulous about like he had his you know what i mean like some people keep keep the maintenance logs correctly you know like of their car and they keep it in the glove box like nothing out of place thing that you know they do yeah like that very 50s man grandfather thing of like there's a technique to everything i've learned all of them and these are how you do them you know anyway and it was just like weird to have that i've had other like haunty sort of experiences that are um not familial but i feel very real about uh i don't know if i've told i don't think i have you want to hear my spookiest one i think because i was gonna say with the shadow person thing i did have a ghost experience where i felt they were turning the the clock radio on and off uh, so it's funny that you said the lamp thing, t- 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 I, yeah. you know, there's like, like there's a manifestation of whatever weird interdimensional thing, like kind of makes, uh, analog electronics no function, you know? Now the craziest one, the craziest like haunting experience I've, I've had, I might've fucking told this story, but I don't care. I'm gonna tell it for your fucking sake right Please now. Please do. No, don't tell it. Uh, I was a kid. I was a eight or seven or nine, something like that. I was in Germany. I have family that lives in Germany. We've had relatives there. Um, my mom's, uh, mother who, was killed when my mom was 12. Oh my God. So I never knew her, Holy but shit. she was German. And so we have German family and, um, whatever we're visiting Germany and, uh, and, uh, 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 uh so we went on you a field trip for a day yeah. somewhere. We were just driving around. You went on like a day trip and my mom didn't tell us where we're going. Or I don't know. I was just a kid. We're going, you know, on a trip, you know, this van that you rent. And I remember we were driving and we turned down this uh, wooded road. We're driving this wooden road and all of a sudden I'm this kid, uh, young kid. I just start getting really agitated, really panicky. I'm terrified all of a sudden. And I start saying, you know, um, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? And my mom uh, says, we're just going to this place. That's like what I remember her saying, which I don't know. You know, it seems like that's a thing. We're just going to this place. That's the thing about um, children, their memories aren't to be trusted. That's true. So it makes sense that you would be like, I don't know if this is what happened exactly. Because kids, that's the thing, people are like, listen to the wisdom of the babes. And I'm like, you actually can't trust a kid's rendition of most things. Well, yes, that's the truth that. But there's some purity. I don't know. There's purity. This experience uh, for me remains. Details may be lost, but truth in it is. Of course. Yeah. yeah. That that, like as uh, we go down, the panic continues and then I start crying and I can't stop crying. I'm sobbing, like hard sobbing in the car, Used to get out of the car. They're like, come on. They get out of the car to look around for a few minutes. I'm just beside myself. They end up uh, coming back to the car not too long later because they're like, well, he's freaking, I don't know. And we leave and it just subsides. As we leave the forest, it just goes, and I'm like, you know, fine again. And that was, uh, that was Buchenwald. It was this like um, concentration death camp thing, you know, and the Holocaust. And there, I don't know what how I would have yep. uh, known that or had yep. any attack. I'm a child. How could I even comprehend that? You have genocide. This, yep. But something here was so steeped in the experiences of so many people, the guards and the prisoners and everybody in so much pain and so much like horror that this place was so, something in me was just feeling that. I've noticed a correlation, and I wouldn't say it's a good but there's definitely a correlation of people who have a certain outlook on the world and a certain way of living life that lends itself to experiences like that, that I think is very interesting. I there's think so some too. kind of thing where you're like the, the type of person who goes, 
I, one time I was here and this thing happened and I had this thought that was like, I knew, I knew. And then the person who goes, no, you didn't. Dude, that's the kind of person where I'm like, you're yeah. boring and I don't want to hang out with you, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like, Dude, eat. that is so often my feeling of stuff like, I'm just like, you're boring. Next. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's like, no one cares how, yeah. how, you, how skeptical you are of something. But I think that this, goes to the lawyering and co- like lawyering relationships thing. When, when somebody tells you, <laughs> you say, I feel this way. And I go, no, you don't because yeah. of all this stuff. And, and they go, all right, well, whatever you say, you still feel that way. Yep. So, yep. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, sh- you can't feel this way. You said you love me. You can't love someone. Well, I love really because I you said, you, yeah, this is what you're going through because earlier you said that you did it. And I believe you'll, Check the books. Yeah. If you go back, you'll see that I said that. My yeah. grandma that spoke to me in my head and this incredible peace came over me. I knew that I was okay and I was part of some grand love that never, never uh, ends. Well, no, you didn't. <laughs> I think what? I... You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I remember when... Um, I think I'm still... I go my, back I think my neighbor probably. To when... Um, I was going through my, my, you know, divorce and, yeah. and people say some things sometimes where they don't mean it and yeah, they, of course, they yeah. can get a little angry. But I remember one thing in particular that was said was like, you know, if so-and-so saw you now, which is my grandmother, I'll fill it in retroactively, make yeah. it sound softer. Then they would, they would like, uh, be so ashamed of you. They would be so like, whatever. And I think it like yeah. lodged, it was like a spike that stuck in my brain. And so now when people these stories happen, these like, you know? say what? People know how to hurt you. P- hurt people. People know how to hurt people. That's what I was thinking. Just, you hurt know, the, really, the things yeah. that a lot, no, oh, no, no, my God, just, yeah, pe- yeah. just nothing. Just speaking to that very human and understandable. You say things you don't mean. Exactly. exactly. You know you, how to hurt people, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know how to get in there. You know and so sometimes it works. And so I remember, that particularly and now when retroactively when i hear these stories and these sort of like these um very nice spiritual things i can't help but feel the very same thing that i felt when i left christianity when i left all these other things which is like oh i'm going to be punished like like there there is a figure outside of me Mm -hmm. that looks down on me and is like oh you can't what you everything you've done is wrong you should be ashamed of yourself blah blah blah. and like there's yeah it's just a weird that's so interesting it's like a it's like a weird um uh, insecurity that slides in that I can't really yeah. explain to people because it's insane. It's like um, yeah. sometimes I feel like oh. I, my grandmother is still alive, but also I don't truly believe that because if I did, I'd have to confront the idea that maybe she's not proud of me. Yeah, to do exactly what I hate and be like completely binary about like existence and act like you're one way or another way. Um, I will say that it's a it's really profound. If you what kind of person you are could potentially be described as? Do you believe? the things above you um, are looking down on you or looking over you. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's what's your foundational belief about the universe's and, you know, interest in you? Yeah, you said something earlier that made me think about that. Like, there's, tr- just, there's just hints of, like, it really boils down, I think, to just, like, do you engage with life and ha- are able to laugh at it and not take it that seriously? Right. And then also be like, no, this is immensely painful. And this is like an immensely yeah. confusing thing. And there is a dread. And you just be like, okay, there's no answer. It's, there's no end. There's no begin. It's great. Yep. It's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. In its decay, it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. It's what a- I think we should do is you should run for office on the conservative side. And I'll start running for office on the liberal one. Because I think we could like pull it off. Actually, you know what I mean? Could. I, yeah, I could pull and it off. And then once we've both ascended to the party members at our first or second debate, we'll go, hey guys, 
We fooled you. Yep. Uh, we're on the same side. So thanks for all your votes that we cynically got by uh, pandering. I have bad news. Uh, I'm raising all your taxes by 50%. I have good news. Yeah. Jarrett kind of likes guns. So. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll be like, um, sorry, your uh, eternal struggle uh, of separating yourself from other <laughs> beings is over. We're going to make this bad boy work. Listen, here's the deal. No good longer luck, bankers. are you working for the weekend. The weekend now, working for you. No Ooh! one knows what he's talking about. <gasps> Love that. All right. Truly, nothing here has been resolved, and uh, never will it be. No, of course not. What I'd like to do, because uh, I've like really enjoyed this, and I don't know what the fuck it is, and I, you know, I'm just going to let it be what it let's is. Like what, we said, yeah. it's in its decay. Ugh. It's, I, I, it, honestly, I can't say I'm going to re-listen to it. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but how I would if I were you. So, so much meaning in its non-meaning to yes. me. Vapid. Um, I feel like we hit a rhythm there at the end. I do. I, I think there's a lot of wonderful things, and I just I like it what it is. Yeah. I do want to run through my like standard cues. Of course, I want to pee want, too. Man. So I'm gonna do one more pee break and then go through my standard things. Beautiful. That might I'll be check my cell phone and then we'll be good. All right, great. Terrible. Um. All right. All right. Uh, let's do the concluding segment. Thank God, Jared. Thank you for bringing this up. Yeah. Um. Well, we did just record kind of poorly, and now I'm going to do this again. It's going to be funny because it was organic before about uh, the complimentary feelings I was having towards you. Let me just go ahead and clarify. I'm going to try to say the same things organically, but we have already talked about this because I was holding the mic the wrong way. It's called disclosure. It's called transparency. We're just being people. Listen. Hey, Morgan. You're on this podcast because I think you're brilliant, and I think you have a very, very profound, connected experience of your reality, both with your spirit and your brain. And that good, bad brain can be tough to deal with sometimes. So this is the segment where I try to, you know, steal your secrets for coping with your um, terminal humanity. <sighs> A condition we all have, I suppose. But um, first one, have you ever been diagnosed with any uh, uh, psychiatric uh, conditions? And if you have, have you taken medication? First of all, Jarrett, I appreciate you saying what you said. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, that's so sweet. I will say that your compliments of me in your highly articulate nature informs me about my own existence in a wow. way that is concrete and allows me to, to find comfort in this Thanks, this man. terminal humanity. That's really uh, that's all I could really ask for. When you yeah. ask things I want, that's truly, I think, the meaning of life, that we connect with each other. And Thank I you. connect with it, and I appreciate it, and Thank it you. helps me And just by you saying that. In terms of being diagnosed with anything or having medication, the answer is uh, no, I've never been diagnosed with anything, okay. and no, I'm not any on any kind of medication. I would, however, venture to say that there's certain medications that I will be asking my doctor about. Oh, okay. Have, and have you been a psychiatrist before? I've not been to a psychiatrist. Yeah. I've been to life coaching, meditation, and therapy. <laughs> yeah, this is so fun. I love, like, we're running through it again. But that is significant to me. I think it's very important to note that because uh, I'm a big proponent of searching, inventorying your, your system as much on your own accord before bringing in outside uh, help. Yes, and that will yeah. be what it is, and it'll be a full... I, I will talk to my doctor about some drugs. Yeah. and Because uh, the reality is, like, um, I'm in my 30s, and it's kind of like... You know, I'm kind of over a lot of the, um, is this the right way to go about doing things? And mm-hmm. there's a, a large part of me that's like, what, what's the problem? Like if yeah. the problem is this is, and there's a drug that's going to fix it, 
or right. a medication, right. I will take the medication. Well, if you're in touch with your problems, you can figure out if a problem is serving you or not. And I'll know, and I know, I will know if the uh, the Adderall, the X, Y, and Z affects me in a way that makes me go like, oh, okay, I need yeah, to pay attention back. to it. I'm not worried, and that's where I'm yeah. at. But in terms of like official clinical, no, I think yeah. I'm free and clear. I do want to, yeah, I, yeah, drugs, uh, drug experience help you face your problems versus drug experiences that help you escape them. And as long as you're paying attention to it and making sure you're not using some substance excessively you know yep. i mean like it's like pain medication uh sometimes where it's like hey i, I don't well, expect you to like deal with those stitches and surgery and tooth tooth removal you got you can you can bomb that just don't let it get to the point that you're dying for right it. and here's what i will say i do know myself well enough to know that when i have said x y and z i will take x y and z at times in vegas when i am wanting to dude x y and z is so fun yeah exactly and i i have no problem with um the the benefit i think of being in my 30s and being able to like experiment yeah. with stuff is like i get it and like isn't i know funny? if i'm making a bad isn't decision like, like isn't it fun sometimes to go go into your memory bank and remember what it felt like to like think drugs were inherently evil oh yeah it's insane yeah <laughs> like what kind of insane. maniac you have to be <laughs> <laughs> like have you lived don't you know? It's so it, it it is funny. It is like yeah, drugs are bad until you try any of them one time, <laughs> like ever. You're like, oh, this uh, is the whole the whole house of cards falls. Anyway, talk about some drugs, guys. Okay, no, don't do that crocodile shit. Don't you know? do the crocodile shit. Don't do the basalts. Don't do the whatever. They stay away from the meth. Anything that you can look at the people who do it who die the first time they do. You know, yeah. There's there's don't very, do that. I there's I know drugs I've done I know drugs I haven't done and um, I know drugs that I will do like I know that there's I have more drug use in my future but I yeah. also know that I that's not my thing like drugs a hundred percent and if it is your thing stay away from it and that goes back to what we're talking yeah, about the addictive thing if it's thing, your thing boring dude be smart exactly <laughs> then like find something that's not your thing you dork I really do that thing you said earlier though I feel the same way that like when people want to have a well that's actually you know they have the same right like, it's always the same, same thing, thing. Nobody cares. Some, if you're that kind of person shit. I'm sorry you're boring yeah you're boring and that's fine be boring just don't do it near me baby yep alright oh we're gonna keep going with these questions alright six quick cues we what if the boredom six? was just its own drug Jack earlier on what if boredom is its own drug like the, as pedestrian as people can be, they get a rush out of it because it I like that. To, actually, I think yeah. that's well. It definitely gives hey, them a yeah, rush baby. of superiority. Yeah, I mean, that. the first time I got high with weed, and I, I described it as feeling stupid but being okay with it. Well, that's nice. Uh, uh, and I don't that know is if what it still, is. That is kind of that. Yeah, which is kind of like if boredom were a drug, dude. One of my favorite things is I will smoke marijuana, and I I hang out with an incredibly intelligent roommate. And that's the best when I can oh, just yeah. be like, I'm a dummy. I don't care. I'm a dummy. So like, what's Hell up yeah. with shadow people? And I'm like, Hey, you know, there's like a thing in this idea that, you know, you be able to check cause you're unconscious or whatever. And I'm like, fuck it. Like it's fun. <laughs> it's a nice thing. Anyway, what's your Ooh. next question? What do you got? Uh, do you have any consistent practices? Primarily a physical one is what I usually look for, but mental, spiritual whatever, practices that help you be. I do. I do exercise. I do a little exercise. I do a little mom workout. What, do you do? what kind of stuff do you do? Mom workout? I call it a mom workout. Why? I'm on the elliptical a lot. Oh. I do that for like yeah. 20 to 30 minutes. Hey, it's okay for your knees. Exactly. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I also, I just like it. Great. And then I do that and then I, I lift weights for half an hour. What kind of weightlifting? 
We like kind of like a bodybuilding style thing, kind of like eight to twelve rep kind of thing. Yeah, three yeah. sets of ten on every machine, and then I go and Machines, then I go yeah. drink coffee. Yeah, well, okay, cool. no, I do free weights. Yeah, yeah. but or three sets of I ten do, kind of vibe. I do free weights with the dumbbells, and then I do triceps. I do a machine, and then I do a. Um, there's like this type of bench press where it's like yeah. you know it's got the ridges on the side. It's some kind of bench press. Oh, like Smith machine. Smith machine. Yeah, yeah, those, yeah. Are, those are awful, and I will try to break you of that one day if we ever have an exercise conversation. Whatever. But it's it, fine. For as me, long as you're I fun. just need to... I'm having fun. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm having a good time. I'm not trying to get into any image. I'm just like, it course, makes me not as depressed, which is nice. That's all that fucking matters. That truly matters. Yeah. yeah. That's, What's your problem with the Smith machine? Uh, it's an unnatural uh, bar path. It's, it's like... Because like, so, it's directly vertical? Yeah. So any bar path, if you... Be, a bench press has a slight kind of J-curve to it and a squat similarly. It doesn't... So it forces everybody into the same biomechanical pattern, which isn't good for everybody. It's not good for you. It, it can put your it, well, joints and I'm things in compromise. Oh, and I plank. I do the yeah. planking thing. Is that, Planking's like very that? good. Planking's perfect. I mean, like, the, then the other reason... I plank then, for like two minutes, I call it a day. That's good, man. That's tough. Two minutes is long. That's good. Every time. And it doesn't get easier. Doesn't. It's But that you'll find... Plank is the funniest thing that's straight up willpower, I think. Truly. Truly. Like, like yeah. if you were pressed, if you had to, if there was like a, a knife with poison on it under you, I guarantee you, you could hold that plank so fucking long. Because it, it to me, plank is hard and bad after 10 seconds. And then, like, to me, it's just a matter of, like, I had a friend who did it one time. He didn't exercise at all, like, not a physical guy. And it was just, like, one day, he was like, I'm going to see how long I can do it. And just did it for, like, five minutes. Some, like, really long time. And I was like, that's good, dude. That's hard. I really think it's, like, a one of those weird mindset ones. I 100%. And so I do that after I get off the elliptical to make myself sweat a lot. And that makes me get all pumped up and be like, I can do anything. And then I I fail. That's great. That's another good reason to do it. I actually think... It's just fun. I enjoy... I love it so much, man. It's been a life-changing experience. Well, what you just said to me is at the heart of why physical uh, improvement and fitness kind of thing is good for anybody, no matter what you are. I truly think, like, winning is a habit. Like, being happy is a habit. Being well is a habit. And if you... Uh, get yourself used to the sensation of accomplishment and doing something yeah, that yeah. you're proud yeah. of. I think you tend to go out in the world and do more things that you're proud of. I and do, and that's why I did it, and it worked. And it's yeah. like you end up being like, well, now I'm going to reach out in this way, and I'm going to like do this thing, and like you just extend yourself more in other areas as a result of like physically extending yourself. Yeah. And it's nice. You, you're, too, you are a huge inspiration in it. Not so whatever, Thank but you. like you're like because I do videos when I'm in the gym, and they're pretty, they're a little different than yours mm-hmm. but yours are huge inspiration because yours are actually legitimate and mm-hmm. fun and mine are Thanks, like man. mine are trying to be like it's okay to be in the gym and be dumb and yeah. stupid and it's also me being like look at me i'm in the gym which yeah. i get that too yeah and i and i feel the need to say that because otherwise people go you know you're just doing good to do so which is me being like whatever yeah absolutely and that's and this is me doing intellectualization which is defense mechanism okay. but whatever uh but yeah your stuff helps so much and what you do with like whatever the f- hell you're doing it on that back oh the bell, baseballs and kettlebells and all it's things. insane but it's fun to watch and the captions and all that stuff and Thanks, it's goofy man. and it's weird and it's like oh yeah he's getting out there he's working out it's you there's a few other people that were like actually it was lee newton's wedding where i was like her brother came up to me and was like how are you doing and i was like i'm good doing good man like things are good i'm just trying you know working on stuff and then i was like honestly man i'm not doing i'm not doing well i was like i'm just like it is what it is and life is fine and it, it mm-hmm. it's you know i'm existing and then he was like you know what you should start doing is working out he was like, I was depressed. He's like, it, yeah. for one, it works because we're vain because we're performers. And, sure. and he was like, also it gets you in that mindset. And I was like, he was like, it, it, he was like, it helps do it. And, and then like a month later, 
I was like, all right, I'm going to start doing it. And then it, I started doing like 20 minutes on the elliptical and mm-hmm. then it became this like hour, hour and a half, like six, five, six days a week thing. And I'm like, this is great. I love it. Dude. I, I truly, it's like just eat like shit. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's okay. I, just that doesn't, I, my definition of fitness for now and forevermore was fundamentally changed by Jason Scardamali on the first day. I, I, my roommate, I said he defines fitness as feeling good in your body. And yeah, yeah, that's it's a nice the dumbest thing. thing. I was like, it took me 15, 20 fucking years of physical culture to c- conclude the most obvious thing in the world. Like, how how are we going to define fitness as a way that's that's something that's you know beyond the like tactile one of uh, suitability to a task, which is like the technical definition of fitness. Yeah, but suitability to the task of just being alive and in, in as a person in your body, feel good in it. That's it. Yeah. And if you can start to cultivate that conversation, listen in your body, then when I go work out now, and I've spent a lot of time because I was fascinated with it, different modalities, trying different things out, because I was interested in it. I, and now it's become like, I go out and I feel what I got to do. You know, I'm like, I, do I want to stretch weird today? Do I want to do things? And um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to hopefully like blur the idea with the things. I mean, Instagram for me is a fun uh, and interesting exercise in ego stuff and like the the uh, the self as a character and as a work. Oh, and I love that it's I in a gallery. It. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just don't fucking care. I, I used to feel like, I don't know if I should do this, that, that, you know, and just being able to be like, uh, you know, I don't know why I can't explain it. It's indefensible. I want to do like a, this weird workout video. And I try to cultivate it as movements that are to try to show this thing of like, you can be weird and there are different ways to yeah. move organically and, and just kind of express and be there with yourself. That's sort of my, I don't know, some kind of non goal with it. And then on some other level, it really is just like, I don't like doing it. I like when people like it. I like seeing it for myself. I like that. Uh, probably unless, you know, d- digital stuff disappears in some like apocalypse and we're back in a wasteland. I like thinking that when I'm hundred, uh, 120, 130 years old or whatever, I'll still be able to look at the stuff and be like, uh, I could move around when I was a kid and I, I want that. I like that. It's you know? fun. It's all, yeah, it's all goes back to not taking any of it too seriously and being like, oh, oh, cause I'm doing this video. Like, what does that say about me? And it's like, I like the idea of being like, oh, I'm going to like, look at this dumb shit I was doing. I know you're like, good at it though. I love it. I love the fucking, I, I still love the water bit. I enjoy it. It's working up to it too. I've said this in other podcasts, but it, I have an idea behind it and I'm excited. About you do? It. Yeah. It has a grandiose thing, but now that I've talked about it, I don't like talking about it. All right, I'm not going to talk about it again. What's your next question? Um, where did I fucking put my thing? My phone. Jared, um, what's your next question? Well, I know that's what I'm trying to remember. Jared. I don't know why I can't remember them Jared. sometimes. The next question, let me see if I remember it correctly is, I think it's the dark one. Let's see if I was, I was no, fuck. I was wrong. Hit the next me. question is always this. Something spiritual that actually inspires you. I'm sorry. Cheesy that actually inspires you. Something uh, cheesy that actually inspires you. Yes. Oh, like any motivational, like r slash motivated yeah. shit. Do you have a specific one of those? Because that's like... Get motivated and all that stuff. But yeah. uh, oh, in terms of like phrase A or meme whatever. or something. Or one you saw recently that like no. fired you up or something. Not at all. They all last about a second. I have a, a book on like stoic meditations that... that Oh, fun. stoicism, huh? I'm bi- big into that. I like that a lot. Dude, I think that's it- so funny. Stoicism does appeal. I think that's, I always call it just my like sort of Navy SEAL inspirational bullshit. That's sometimes it, it's, that's it's, a, yep. it just really fucking gets me sometimes. I, I like it. I need to hear it. Yep. I don't think it's and for it's everyone. Not, it's not for everyone. I don't even and think it's true. Like in It's an, really a, not. You know? Yeah. It's wrong. Yeah. Um, because it den- it's actually about like active denial. Like yes. it's about just being like, yes. I exist here and Dude, everything around me doesn't, and it's like, stop, That's stop, the stop. weirdest thing about trying to explain 
explain this paradox thing. If all the people who are stoics and express sort of like toxic masculine stoicism or whatever knew inher- if they knew they were like, I know it's not true, but it helps me, then it would be fine. Exactly, and that's where I think that's yeah. why my where I read it and I'm like. Oh, it is like yes. Those, these things don't matter. This is what matters. Yeah. change what you can. Don't what you I can't. Mean, yeah, that or really whatever does. That is. Being like a knowing that I am just an embodiment of this divine love that goes on and on. Nothing I could do is wrong. I'm okay. I'm always going to be accepted by a universe in which I am essentially held in love. Yeah. And that no, yes, yes, I know all that, and that's why knowing that I'm a fucking piece of shit. Get the fuck up, you fucking yeah, 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 suck yeah, yeah. shit fuck hole. Like helps me i don't know saying like you're useless you're better than this you're stronger than this it's all just different strokes yeah dude. dude it's only okay because obviously it's i just think that's a funny idea to like roll your eyes and be like obviously like i'm this isn't true dude, but that's the fun thing that's why maybe i love vegas where i'm like i know vegas is a shit town i know it's a a exactly a, a that absolute garbage it's plastic it's fake i know beautiful yeah and that. i love it i love it i'm like Give me the fake plastic bullshit. Dude. Set me at a blackjack table with free liquor, Ugh. and I'll smoke cigarettes till I'm dead. Hell yeah! And I, I told you I'm that. I'm in paradise. I love and that I know too, it's man. Temporary and bad and horrid. I, and think I love it. That is something that I do have not in common necessarily with establishment liberals and left people and other people that are typically aligned with me. I love like the garbage America stuff. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, I, I really love it. do, man. I love like New fucking- Orleans. Monster truck rallies and being Monster an asshole. Rally, I don't yeah. know. Oh my god! I, I, I just love that shit, and I think uh, there's something so human and beautiful and precious about that. Like, like you know, big dog T-shirts and stuff, yep, yep, and just yep. like I just fucking truly because it, it's so honest, it's so human and bumbling around and and in dude, an, I this, was hanging out with know? a buddy, and there's a charger car, and it like goes, dude, I drive a know? fucking and Challenger with, with black, like yeah. with. Ugh. I was with someone, and they were like. Oh, okay. And I could tell they were like really angry at that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and probably <laughs> if they here's what I will say, if they had not been there to be angry at that person, I would have been in their stead. Like I right. would, so they're there, so they're able to express the anger. Yeah. But because they were able to express the anger, a part of me was like, I love that there's like Dude. people who are like, I'm gonna gun it I now. Know. I it's had a fun. motorcycle I had one of those motorcycles for years that I rode only bikes like first I had a Vespa and then I had one of those kind of motorcycles. Like the, the, the cross, cross it was rockets. a cross try. It had a, a, a like an aftermarket, you know, fucking exhaust on it, yeah. and the baffle was taken out. I would set off car alarms sometimes, just going by. God, that's and it's horrible. What's so fucking that's funny. The worst. You it's sound like the, the worst. Worst. And the <laughs> best thing about it was like I would still sit in cafes and I would hear that stuff happen. I go, okay, we get it, dude. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. I would have the but same then reaction to, even to when I'm me, on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Till I was I was like, Woo! Fucking yep. just say call Hate me up, all baby. you want. Yeah, it's it's amazing <laughs> how much you don't care about the hatred when you have that with you. Oh totally. Which is like totally. the gun control debate. Which is like the gun control debate. Absolutely, that's true. Uh, the haters thing too, and everybody's love to be like, I love my haters. Fucking hate on me. I love it. I always think that's so funny because nothing is more like psychoanalytical Freudian. Like, oh, the hater you're talking to is you. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Oh, it's unbelievable. It's also like the love Trump's hate thing where it's like, oh, when all, all those people mm-hmm. were wearing those shirts and it's like, love Trump's hate. And then it's like, oh, that's beautiful. But you're also saying like, you, you love, love Trump's, Trump's hate. hate. Like, that's fucking you, good. You, yeah. And I can't dude. take credit for it. That's Indianapolis, dude. 
Indianapolis, I finally redeemed myself. Cut out the Indianapolis, keep the love Trump's hate, cut out the part where I give credit to Peter Rollins That's for, for part of that. Really good. I thought of something else, but I lost it, and I think there's plenty of those things already. Well, what's the next so, question? What um, if the whole podcast was just these six questions? Do you ever think about that? It could be, but... Don't, let's not. Lit, what's something dark about you? Oh, God, there's a number of things, yeah. Pick one. Um... I, you know, the, again, the interest of this section is like, hey, we all got these dark things. Yeah, I probably have some dark things in certain areas that I don't even talk about publicly. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Just like dark. Well, oh, and I'm very... What's I, something that you would talk about publicly? I hold an... Uh, I will say this. Here's what I'll say. I'll segue. I, I, something I will talk about is a, a level of anger that I hold towards certain people, I think, is, is astronomical. Like is just it a insane. sense of injustice anchor? They wronged you. They wronged the universe. Like, or you know, they're. It's not even always. It's not even damage. always justified. Sometimes there's anger. I literally actively hold against people who I don't even think have done anything that bad. I guess, like a man. rage. A rage. Yeah. Like an actual. Like if they yeah. knew. If I had the chance to to fully express how how much I would destroy them, that they would actually, I'd actively destroy people. I think you would, I, if I, you left unabated, unexamined. Yeah. If there, there oh. are, there are people who I think I hold, you know, forgiveness is such a nice idea. Yep. And I think there are people who I know that about, but I actively choose to be like, Oh, I would, I would do the tiniest things to, to be so um, vindictive against mm-hmm. them. And it's dark and, it, and yeah, it's, it's, it's not without reason. It feels gross. Yeah, and it's not without like provocation, and yeah. obviously it's ven- it's vengeful. Well, that's my question: but, um, is it yeah. is it a sense? Uh, and you know, this might be moot because it's your experience of it. You know what I mean? You might be self justifying, but is it in in your experience, your sensation of it? Is it one that feels like vengeance or feels like justice? Like it's some kind of righteous thing oh, they deserve feels... because it would make the world a better place, or they wronged me, so I'd like to hurt them back. Oh, vengeance! It's a hundred percent vengeance. Well, that's yeah. really good to know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, but that goes back to like it being assuming. You know, I'm answering correctly and that it's a dark thing. It's yeah. an absolutely vengeful sort of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Because cause I think then you could make the argument that, like, uh, most, like, that, that they're, I guess maybe that's a difference. That's like it's the empathy thing. When somebody hurts you and you want to hurt them back for it, when he, we as a society are harmed as a criminal, yeah. you want to hurt them back. like, is your impulse to hurt them back because they hurt you or because you had a hurtful experience and no, they yeah, might do that to other is- people? It's that, no, it's not the other people thing, but yep. it is viewing myself as another person. And it's that transition that happens when you start viewing yeah. yourself as an actual person instead of being like, well, I probably deserved it. It's like the overcorrection from sure. living a life of Christian guilt. And so what happens is I go, oh, you hurt this guy, that yeah. this guy named Elliot that I actually really like now. And yeah. so now I'm going to come after you with everything as I would if it was a friend or someone I genuinely yeah. cared about. I think like, some of us have that feeling, especially towards like parents or people who were mean to us when we were kids, because we, when we're grown up, it's easier to see yourself as a child yeah. and go like, who the fuck would be mean to that kid? Yep. You know, it's a nice thing. And it's also a, yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's all that would it, be. It is, I do think that's a good thing to explore in yourself. If you haven't like, especially like the notion of yourself as somebody else. And how would you think about them being treated? Yeah. It's a nice thing of like, I I remember a buddy of mine was like hating on himself and I was like, you need to, um, I was like, you need to back off because you're being really mean to my friend. Yeah. And I was, yeah. And I was like, I thought it was nice and beautiful and it didn't resonate because that person was in a dark place. But I was like, you're you're yeah. stepping on you're doing things that I wouldn't do to you ever. So like why are you being right. that 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 bad? Yeah, malicious. That's, yeah. That's yeah. 
I like it. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, I was like, there's more we could go, and I'm just like, oh, we gotta, what is this crank know, it, we gotta dude? We do this forever. Uh, what's something y'all thought was cool when you're younger that you know is clearly not cool now at all? Um, um, so my parents have always looked out for me. Yeah. But the uh, biggest way they ever looked out for me was um, when I was in high school. I wanted my first car to be a PT Cruiser. Shut the fuck up, With wood dude. paneling. <laughs> Isn't that bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. But I genuinely did for like a year. I was a f- I was thinking I was 14. And I was like, it's like a beach car. It's like old. I was a fan of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It looked like a car from the 30s. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's really what it is. It's the Who Framed Roger Rabbit oh thing. Oh, my God. And I, I... I mean, like, if you said that about, like, remember that, like, Plymouth Prowler? It's the same thing. PT Cruiser and Plymouth Prowler they were, were in the, your, same, the thing. same thing in your brain. Yes. But the Prowler lasted even less time. And I, you never see Prowlers these never. days. But if you, you did, that'd be dope. If I saw a Prowler, I'd be like, fuck, dude, you hung on to one. You did the right thing. Just <laughs> I cruise around a Prowler, a Prowler with like a Nokia brick phone. Dude, a part of me would love to drive a Prowler. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Prowler, that's what I'm saying. If you had said Prowler, you'd be normal. <laughs> Prowler. You said PT Cruiser. I think you're like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Awful. It makes me concerned for you Awful and everybody car. who interacts with you. Yeah, it's really bad. But um, my parents got me a Nissan Pathfinder, and I remember getting in it and being like, Which is a dope car! It's amazing. And I remember getting in and literally being like, my parents really looked out for me on this one. And I became the kid in high school who had the nice car, and then I had that car until yeah. I was like 27. Dude, Nissan Pathfinder is a great fucking car. Love, loved my Pathfinder. Dope. Uh, <laughs> that was a really good answer. Uh, what's the last gorgeous thing you saw? Uh, the last gorge thing I saw, this is a, what's the, that I can, um, I don't know, man. I, I do see a lot of, I can pick most things. I know. I do truly not have like a thing that sticks. I do. The idea that you think of is always like sunset woman. Sure. All those, but also like the, uh, that's why. That's why. I'm, I, if it helps, the the recent, just just the last thing you think that was. Random, you know what you know? it was? I took a path, uh, in Los Angeles that was a highway that I'd never taken before, or like at least a road, yeah. and it was like through downtown and in a way that was like elevated, and it felt like. Yeah. I don't know if you've been on this road. It felt like I was driving through the buildings, like that they were like yeah. I wasn't, I but it was so close and elevated that I was like. Holy shit. And it, it, it like made me, I was so distracted that I, I could barely drive. I loved it. And I was like, this is this fucking city. I yep. love this city so much. And it's really I, good. Yeah. I love that one, man. I love this city. It's weird. I do. Oh, I love it. I love it. I actually truly, and I, I I'm somebody who like, I don't throw around the L word very often. I adamantly, deeply, and probably on some level romantically, like yeah. love this city. I'm with you. I mean, people love to hate LA, and uh, that's I don't part know. of it. That that's makes me love it. it more. I know. I think there's like a real darkness here that forces you to kindle your own light to yeah. see who you are. There's a cloud of darkness that, and that is you, over the city, dude. Dude, when you, it's so mysterious. It's such a like hidden city mm-hmm. that that you carve out your own understanding of and your I just love it and it's yep. so, and that uh beauty and decay thing is expressed everywhere everywhere it's wonderful dude outside your apartment you have this beautiful apartment outside there there's homeless people 
that we're probably listening to right now. Maybe, yeah. And I don't like, think they're, they're actually. I don't think they're homeless. They chill there often. They're like they're people. <laughs> like, that's Gary. No, I. I mean, I, it's weird. They're, it's it's a rotating cast, but like you know, really? they definitely drink too much. But hey, whatever. You know, but fo- but do, they do just hang out on the neighborhood. Have you been in my too. apartment? My my apartment. Yeah, up in NoHo, whatever. It's yeah, one of those like very. Um, Corporate kind of building. Corporate, and when you go up in it, it lo- overlooks like kind of a ghetto-y area. Yeah, I love. Well, it. that's the that's the valley, dude. Yeah, yeah. But I love I love the um, I love the dichotomy of being in a corporate hardwood floored, really well yeah. lit, beautiful large windows that overlooks an area that reminds me that all of this shit is nothing. And I was trying to explain that to our mutual friend earlier. I was like, I think I'm just coming off like an asshole because I was like, yeah, I like looking at all these improvised stuff. But I was like, yeah. I'm trying to say that I like looking at it, or well, I like the fact that I'm looking at it in contrast to the I comfort. I think, yeah, that it's I hard. I I think um, it's easy for people to like to be, uh, uh, you know, objectifying, fetishizing, sort of, you know, this noble savage kind of thing about yeah. people who are in. Uh, more difficult conditions Dire than straits. you. You know that we that we can be like, oh, the romance of hardship, blah blah blah, and that's really never how I feel about it. Uh, when I when people say things like that, you know, I think some people can say that and feel that way, but can be like, what I'm talking about is the teeming mass of humanity. Like, look at us. Like, look how beautiful we are, and the people who are the, that, the yeah. people who are supposedly we're having these that you know we're doing it i always feel like we're doing it i mean the darkest version of this is i was at dodger stadium uh, on fourth of july one time and i was looking out over the hill and i saw the parked cars yeah. and, and like watching them all move and i was like we're bugs we're bugs like look at this hive look at us just the cars zipping in and out and they stay so structured and they don't bang into each other and i was like this is a yeah. weird bit we're all just bugs and that felt bad to me in the moment i was like freaked out by it but were when i were you high no not even i don't think i was my probably a little drunk or something like that yeah. but um and maybe in a bad place but now when i'm in a, a okay place i man i love that so much oh, i love it i love us all like smashed together like trying you yep. know i think it that's what it is it's just being like oh this chaos is actually really that's what really i yeah it's nice beautiful but it was that it was that that street that um where i was like oh shit this is amazing yeah. it felt like the future um Okay, we're on our last little bits. Do you have a self-care practice that you like lately or like in general that you'd recommend for people to try out and, and do that helps you? I, uh, I've been journaling. Ooh. Um, that's nice. And I, uh, I meditate for like six minutes a day. That's dope, man. That's great because they just six minutes. It's like that, it's, that's enough of a check-in. It's sometimes. enough. It's just a check-in. It's nice. It's quick. I don't feel... And I've stopped doing um, actual meditations. I used to do guided meditations for like 20 minutes. And I started doing six-minute meditations where I don't listen to music and I just set a timer for six minutes. Like on my... Uh, I use yeah. a little Alexa thing and I go, Alexa, set the timer for six minutes. And then I just sit and meditate and it's very nice. Whereas prior, I was trying to always attain that next yep. thing. And now I'm just like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to set a timer and whatever happens, happens. And as a result, dude... It's been crazy. Like there's been a like legit amounts of like, oh shit, I'm I'm back. I'm at that, or at least I'm, ironically, am at whatever the next level is. I might genuinely steal that one from you. That's really good. Great. Six minutes is good. Because six it's minutes like, is nice. It gives you a minute of just possible. bullshit. Yeah, you can do that. That's the time it takes to make a fucking hot pocket or something. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you can always do six minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you learn that for anywhere? Or is that just your invention? It's just my so well, good, I don't think man. it's anything. Yeah, I, really? I just was like, I'll do it for six. And yeah, I was, I was like, using a timer. It's not like a thing out in the world. Oh, the six minute. It's not like oh, a thing. No, yeah, no, no. but there's um there's an app called Insight Timer that's really nice, and I just stopped using that and started um yeah just sitting and quiet and and then letting go of 
you know, cause a six minutes allows me a minute of like, let go of this. You're not this, you're not that, mm-hmm. you're not that, you're not this, you're not that. And that allows me to be like, and that's nice. Love that. Yeah. For 10 seconds. Maybe. All right. The very final fucking thing. Woo. Uh, I have a thing I like, I call it the, uh, don't kill yourself list. I started it when I, uh, wanted to, you know, kill myself at one point in my life and it was to help me fight that feeling, which have we started you know, the podcast now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where the brain does that sometimes. It's not so nice all the time. That's the bad part, I suppose. Uh, and something that helped me was to make a list. I would just do sort of a meditative practice of my own where I would start listing just things that are fucking wonderful. That Great. like exist and are beautiful. Oh, fun. Mine always started with um, uh, coffee, sandwiches, and lavender soap. And uh, I'd like you to just add some. Candles. Just candles? Candles. Uh, skin lotions are really nice. Ooh. Fresh sheets. Woo! Fresh really sheets is good. good. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, a cold temperature at night is very nice. Oh, yeah, like a good... When you're cozy. Yeah. Being cozy. The act of being cozy. Yeah. Um, nothing to do is really fun. Being up earlier and awake than you should be is nice. It is Waking so up and be fucking like, oh, good. this is nice. Damn, that's the best feeling. Yeah. Um diners you ever, drive-ins you, dives you ever see uh uh you see guys and dolls you ever see that musical or know yeah, it yeah yeah i don't even know it's in the movie musical but i know it was in the we did the high school and i did it and there's a part that i like there's the thing you said of waking up earlier than you should my this part i always remember i love guys this is very good is uh sky masterson is singing to sarah brown um and they're singing about like sharing things with each other and he goes, uh, my time of day is the night time, a couple of deals before dawn, when the street belongs to the cop and the janitor with the mop yeah, and the grocery clerks are all gone. That's nice. my time of day, my time of day. And that, they're the only one I don't want to share Jerry. it with me. But that is uh, always makes me think of that, that pre-dawn time, that time when... Yep. Things are just starting to get shook uh, shook up in the day. It's the best. There's nothing like Especially it. Especially in LA. Yep. When it's the loudest, chaotic, filled with shit city. If you can get up earlier than the city, you just win. Like you're even mm-hmm. if it's like accidental, you go out and it's like my thing is like I'll if I can wake up early and then go to the gym and get that done. And then it as I go through the day, everyone yep. else is like, I'm just one step ahead. It's amazing. It's really nice. And that's the most adult thing I think I would I would never have three years ago believed that I would say that any of that sincerely. I'm happy with that. I think that's the end of uh, this episode of my good, bad brain. You think you want to do another hour? I hour genuinely could do that. We'll do it another time. We'll, we'll save it for another time. Do tight 10. You want to do a quick tight 10? No, I don't know. You're, you're the, you're wonderful, man. I'm so glad you're in my life. Thanks for I'm, coming. Dude, doing you're this. one of my favorites. I truly, I mean that so much. I feel like as I was saying, there's, it's a nice, there's a nice connection and there's no, uh, I mean, this is, I, I know we're, we're fucking having a fun time talking about how this is like the most masturbatory episode probably, but I don't care. I'm like, this has been so enjoyable to me, for me that I, this is one of my favorite things in the universe. What we just did. I Thank agree, you. man. Cause it, I think it telltale signs. Like I don't remember anything that I said and I don't think that's just me being nope. sipping on whiskey. Like I truly yep. am like, I feel like when we're talking, it's like, yep, yep. yep. Oh, and, and, and if I tell you I zone out, then I usually tell you I zone of course, out. Yeah. But yeah, I, I am very happy. Whatever you, know, you do with this episode, I'm perfectly happy. With whatever it. we just did to me accomplished probably the most important thing uh that you can for another person which is uh it made me feel less alone you know that's what it is man i totally agree there's like yeah there there are moments where you were talking where i was like like i physically like i didn't want to breathe into the mic but like off the side i was like okay good i'm not that Mm -hmm. yeah so that's very nice all right hopefully some other folks uh (laughs) out there also feel less alone 
Thanks to Smokey Bear Bear. Smokey Doink Boink. What was it? Smokey Doink Ding Dong. Smokey Doink Ding Dong. Be well. Hydrate. Bye. All right. There you go. That was it. Check us out on patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. If you dug this, if you sat through this whole amazing thing, God bless you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And um, that's it. I'll see you guys next week with the Brain Breather and then back the week after that with another guest. And uh, that's, that's it. That's what's up. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.